0: Abolition. Abolition. Today.
1: Did you know that slavery is still legal in the U.S.? American slavery didn't end a long time ago. When a person says this, it reveals a lot about their ignorance of U.S. history. Thanks, U.S. public school system. Slavery started a long time ago, but it's not really over. Even opponents of slavery during the Civil War were not too excited about the idea of a black underclass being integrated into polite society. Enter the 13th Amendment loophole and Jim Crow laws. According to the 13th Amendment, which abolished most slavery in the U.S., you can actually still be enslaved in the 21st century if you commit. Slavery was always about capitalism. The same capitalist forces that drove slavery just took on a new form. Locking up large numbers of black men for petty, nonviolent crimes is big business. Private corporations often exploit prison labor for next to nothing. The drug war and the funneling of black minors directly into the prison system have only added fuel to the fire. It is not uncommon for prisoners to make 17 cents an hour for their labor and to be charged a dollar a minute for a phone call. This is tantamount to enslavement, and it's all perfectly legal.
2: Yeah, yeah. Calling, calling you know, to seek you down. Meeting up me and sure meeting
3: How do you find freedom? You're stuck in the blind, needing yeah. to break from the mundane to something divine.
4: We don't want we don't be We don't want be, look, we don't the be no slave We don't want be, we don't,
5: want be, look, we don't want be no slave Abolition.
0: Abolition. 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 Abolition.
6: Well, you just heard Dara Star Tucker on TikTok, and that was followed up by Knox Brown, featuring Anderson Pack. No Slaves. Peace and welcome to Abolition Today, a weekly syndicated online radio program with a specific focus on modern slavery as it is practiced through the 13th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution and by for-profit prisons worldwide. We air live every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central, 5 Mountain, and 4 Pacific. Live streams and archived podcasts are available at abolitiontoday.org and on all major streaming platforms and also now on Amazon Music. My name is Yusuf Hassan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Max Parthas. Peace, Max.
7: Peace, Yusuf. I'm here at the Paul Cuffey Abolitionist Center in Sumter, South Carolina, ready to kick ass and take names.
6: Here we go. Here we go. So we've been away for a couple of weeks, but during that time, we replayed our reading of the Frederick, Frederick Douglass' speech, I denounced the so-called emancipation as a stupendous fraud in its entirety, you know, uh, and checking the stats on those two episodes. We see many of our listeners tuned in, so we're very grateful for that. Thank you for tuning in during our time away. And in our last live episode, in advance of the May 5th press conference in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, for HB 211, uh, as well as our attendance at the Ballot Initiative Strategy Center's 25th anniversary in Las Vegas, we were joined by Jamelia Land and Curtis Davis. And then on May 9th, 2023 arguments and testimony on hb 211 the slavery abolition bill in louisiana was held tonight's must hear episode exposes pro-slavery legislators in the deep south we're going to play clips of all the testimony in a deep dive to hear with your own ears the thoughts concerns and priorities of elected officials in regard to a simple question do we want the globally illegal activities of slavery and involuntary servitude embedded in the state constitution? What you will hear will blow your mind. This is a special extended broadcast beginning at 7 p.m. Eastern, and we're going to end somewhere around 10 p.m. The first two hours will be a live stream. The last hour can only be heard by calling in at 515 605 98 And in the history of Abolition Today, we've only had one extended episode. That tells you the impact and importance of disinformation. You'll hear it exclusively on Abolition Today. We'll be joined for commentary by lead organizer of Decarcerate Louisiana, Curtis Davis. As always, we'll bring the words of our abolitionist ancestors back to life for a new generation. So before we jump into tonight's topic, Max, we have a lot of updates to give, don't we, bro?
7: Yeah, and I'm not so sure if that Curtis is going to make it. I don't see him on the board just yet. I sent him a message. We'll see what happens. Uh, but it has been hectic. There's, there's a reason we've been gone for a couple of weeks, you know. Uh, right. And we've been working hard. Uh, we, we're in contact with the Nevada organizers out there, and I am mm-hmm. proud to say that Nevada is now on the ballot in 2024 that means that if you get the chance in nevada to vote to keep or end slavery slavery is a freaking choice in 2024 in november in in nevada if you choose not to vote and not to go to the polls guess what you're choosing to keep slavery Mm -hmm. going that's Uh, right So we're proud to say that uh we also had the press conference on may 5th in louisiana Uh, joined by some powerhouses out there, uh, part of the Decarcerate Louisiana F. And uh, we did it right there on the Capitol steps. Started off, of course, with Tribal Rain doing poetry. She's such an unsung hero, always there, you know what I mean, right up in the front. Right. And we we rarely talk about her enough. I'm going to have to bring her in as a a guest one day. But it was a powerful (laughs) uh, set of statements we made on May 5th. We were actually supposed to go and testify that day. But they kept moving the goalposts, so they changed the date to the testimony uh, twice after that. And finally, it happened on May 9th, my oldest son's birthday. And, uh, you know, most people don't listen to these testimonies. It's like watching C-SPAN. Don't nobody be hardly tuning in to C-SPAN, you know? But this is where... I'm the only person I know.
8: (laughs) Right, exactly,
7: you know what I mean? But when we're talking about ending slavery, that's worth listening to, just to hear... What the people who are deciding for you, whether or not you even get the choice to end slavery, are saying. What are their excuses? What are their intentions? What do they want? What are they trying to achieve? You'll hear it all tonight, and I'm telling you, it's going to blow your freaking mind. As a matter of fact, there's a quote. I was looking for a comparison of this from the antebellum period where they were arguing over whether or not to have this exception clause and what it would be about. But I did find something in regards to the Senate debate on the Breckinridge Ridge Bill for the government of Louisiana from 1804. And in those hearings, this is what Louisiana Representative Jackson said. He said, it is unfortunate that we have slaves, but having them, we cannot with safety or policy free them. A very few free Negroes in Louisiana would revolutionize that country. in Georgia, we prohibit men from manumitting their slaves. One free Negro is more dangerous where there are slaves than 100 slaves. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so
0: it's, it's, hey, it's, it's,
7: wow. So you hear the mirror image of what's being said tonight. And if you're listening live, be sure to share the program and remind people to call it, 515 605 9814 so that they can hear the show in its entirety. Uh, We also have well, first of all, let me say we made it through committee on the night uh, with a vote of 8-6. I think we could have did better, uh, but we were forced, yes, we were forced again Mm -hmm. to take some crazy ass exception to the exception that would have negated the entire amendment all over again. You'll hear about that throughout tonight's episode. We have Twenty clips, and they range from two minutes to almost ten minutes. So, stay with us, and definitely, uh, when you walk away today, you may choose to look the other way. But what you can never again can say, say that you did not yeah, know.
6: Can't say you didn't you
7: know. Because you're gonna know. <laughs> you're gonna learn today. You you're gonna learn today. <laughs> <laughs> <learn> <laughs> Curtis, if you do call in or you are on the board, because we have quite a few numbers on the board already, remember to press one on your keypad in order to let us know that you're in the queue all right um yusuf what do you want to say about our trip this past couple of weeks
6: you know what really stood out for me was uh when we were at the bis conference how they have their own national agenda but how we were able to make such an impact just with the few of us that were there and Every chance we got, every room we were in, when we did the breakouts, we made sure slavery abolition became the topic. Whether well, there was Jamelia and uh, Edmund standing up to speak, I had a few ciphers around me in the hallway, you had a couple of ciphers, <laughs> you know, and, it, it, and the funny part was whenever they were speaking, they were running down a list of like, these are the agendas we want to have. Every time they said something, you would say, and slavery.
9: <laughs> and slavery,
6: because <laughs> you kept and waiting for sad. them. Yeah, to add in and slavery, and then just the, the time that we all had to just chill amongst each other. Yeah, you, know, you, uh, you uh, Jamelia, uh, Tribal. We had uh, Alex and Shanae from uh, from Bakersfield, California, and then we had Edmund come over, and we met Marcus out of Nevada. It was great meeting him. Great meeting Darn Nathan from uh, Tennessee, as well as uh, Theta. Uh, so it was the first chance that you know so many of us got to either meet each other or just be able to hang out with each other, you know, and, and relax. We had some great food the entire week. It's been a long time since I ate that well. I well, you eat that well every day. We're not going to go there. <laughs> but it was just great having that opportunity, and then the fact that. So many people, I believe, are gonna that walked away with this seed planted in their heads about slavery abolition. You know, so when we talk about chaos theory, I think we planted a lot of seeds there, Max.
7: Yes, uh, I believe we did. And, of course, as you said, I showed my butt here and there. You know what I mean? I get to be old and ornery because I am old and ornery. Uh, and I, I will start <laughs> some shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, there was just... Whenever they would ignore us, and and as you mentioned, there was like eight or nine of us there from across the country who were really you know, just putting this out there. And it wasn't part of their um, narrative that they were portraying. And we made sure it got to be part of their narrative that they would talk about. As you said, I was being loud while they were speaking, listening to all these things that are ballot initiatives which were important to them, but nothing about slavery abolition. And this is helping us indeed. And we even may get some funding from this to help with the fighting, but I'm not going to be, I'm not going to hold back my critique of what was going on. First of all, I'm getting tired of people calling me a colored person. How we go from, you know, colored persons in 1800s to, to yeah. people of color in 2023. Stop just putting me in this big-ass basket. If we're not, we weren't right. referred to as colored persons, we were refer, referred to as BIPOC. And I'm not a BIPOC either. Can you not say black people? Is that hard to say, black people? And usually when they say it, it's always got to be and before black people. So they'll put somebody else or some other marginalized group ahead of us and then say and black people. as If we share Uh the same problems, you know, intersectionality is great. But whatever happened to allyship? because with intersectionality we keep getting swallowed in this big ass bucket and our problems are unique like ending freaking slavery <laughs> you know what i mean right so i was i was bothered by that during the, my period there and i was also uh, bothered by the fact that this is about ballot initiatives and we have been involved in a couple of dozen of them with seven states changing their freaking constitution. How do we not get right. the top of the radar in that? I mean, what other groups is doing that that were there? None, <laughs> you know? So right. it was a little frustrating. And I'm, I am know when I spoke to people personally, one-on-one, they were always in agreement. You're right, Max. You're right, Max. You're right, Max. But when they get up there and talk, they suddenly ain't remember none of that. <laughs> none <laughs> you of know? it. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. So we have made our impact there, and uh, I hope it turns out to be positive. All right. So yeah, uh, I think it will. Oh, also Kwame oh,
6: from Arkansas. I keep forgetting right. to mention him.
7: Yeah, we made a lot of connections. I, I talked to one sister. I was like, and she's a leader in this community, and she was talking about abolition. And you know, we had just done the episode, the blind man and the elephant. So we know when people say abolition, they don't necessarily mean slavery abolition. They're just trying to throw it all together. And I asked her, I said, what does that even mean to you when you say abolition? And she said, it's complicated, Max. And then that, that basically all she could say. And She said two or three ways, it's complicated. And I'm like, it ain't complicated to me. I know exactly what kind of abolition I'm talking about, slavery abolition, because slavery is still legal. And that's the the, the part that's hard for them to digest in a permanent way, you know what I mean? It's the um, the cognitive dissonance that's going on. It's what you thought mm-hmm. versus what you're hearing, and it doesn't click, and so you go with what's comfortable. Um, and that's got to stop, too. When I receive new information, I am likely to change my mind. I don't know what y'all do, but when new information comes in, I have to rearrange what I understood because I got new information. And I think that's how everybody is supposed to do it, right? Right. All right. You wanna go ahead and get this party started? Yeah, man. All right. So So we're gonna from the very Oh no, you bring it in. Yeah, you bring it in. Go ahead. From the very You'll hear the cunning and preparation. Remember, there is a concentrated, unified effort against slavery abolition. Now it's nationwide. They're using the same talking points. They're saying the same, same things. Uh, they're using the same tactics to fight us. We're not under the radar anymore. They know who we are, what we're trying to achieve, and they have come up with a strategy to combat us. One of the things that they're using is these damn exceptions to the exceptions, and they're trying to get sneakier and sneakier with them each time that they use one. We've had a few that we've accepted because slavery and uh, and, and involuntary servitude were abolished, period. But they're trying to make it so the second part that they're creating, which turns it into nothing more than some symbolic mumbo-jumbo with no power whatsoever. And you'll hear them talk about that from the very first minute. So here we are, part one of 20, with Representative Edmund Jordan and Representative Miller on HB 211, the May 9th Committee in Louisiana. Abolition.
0: Abolition.
7: Abolition. Today. All right.
10: Uh, Abolition. Next up, House Bill 211. Representative Jordan. All
11: right, on your board. Good morning. Good morning. morning. It's House Bill 211. Look, uh, hopefully we get it right this time. Uh, I think it's it's to uh, ban involuntary servitude and take it out of the Constitution. Uh, I think I've worked with, with the chairman on this one. As far as the ballot language is concerned, I think we have an amendment that puts the ballot
10: language in its proper posture. Okay. Tell me what your bill does. Right now, let's, let's talk about right now, what does the Constitution of Louisiana So The Constitution
11: say. says uh, that slavery and voluntary servitude are prohibited, except in the lab as a punishment for a crime. What we're doing with that is just saying slavery and voluntary servitude are uh, prohibited. And so that's all it would do. Uh, again, if uh, you know the Constitution of 1865 when this was originally implemented, and the historical context of it, uh, really that's what we're doing is making sure that that is taken out and, and correcting a historical wrong.
10: Okay. And so what 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 is your the are you? Are you specifically wanting to prohibit the use of uncompensated prison labor as, as a punishment a, for uh, a crime? Uh, is that exactly what you're trying to do? Uh, look, uh, I, I said this before. This has nothing
11: to do with that aspect. This is, like I said before, correct the historical wrong. You know, we get into this argument, and I don't really want to go down this road, but we get into this argument of hard labor without hard labor, all of that. That is a place, is not is not a thing. And so we've got over seventy percent of our DLC prisoners that are in parish prisons right now. So from that perspective, um, even if you took that route, if you wanted to go down that road, which I do not, but you would be talking about thirty percent of the population at most. So what we're trying to do is people look at this. Uh Louisiana already has a, a history associated with it. Um I think it's bad for business. I've spoken to people with some area chambers who have said that uh, Louisiana having somewhat of its historical reputation has, at times, not, not every time, so I don't want to say that, but at times, questions have come up and have made it uh, difficult to see if we are uh, accepting of others. And I think by doing this, we send a message that, that we are and we're trying to change some of our historical wrongs and we're trying to look toward the future. I think this is an economic development issue as well.
10: Well, and, and I just, you know, you know, looking at the bill, I know the one-liner is not the bill, uh, but you would, you know, because what it says, constitutional amendment, constitutional amendment prohibits slavery and involuntary servitude. Would you concede that slavery is prohibited in Louisiana under our Constitution?
11: Slavery is prohibited in the language. It is prohibited in the Constitution of Louisiana. However, that being said, I will tell you that there's a DOJ report that came out in 2023 that says that Louisiana is holding incarcerated people. Twenty-five percent of the incarcerated population is being held at least 90 days past their release date, and over 60 percent are being held 60 days past their release date.
10: So but would this would this amendment change that wouldn't change, change that's that. illegal now. Correct? It is. I agree All with right? you. And it's probably unconstitutional now. So I agree with you. So this won't change that. Will right? not. Okay. Will not. All right. And so 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 one of the amendments uh so we're going we have the uh amendment let's take that up uh Amendment set 805. Uh, Ms. Pertle, could you uh, talk about that amendment set?
12: Um, Yes, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Members of the committee, this is amendment set 805. It's public and has been distributed to you on page 2. Delete lines 5 and 6, which is the ballot language in their entirety, and insert the following. Do you support an amendment to prohibit the use of involuntary servitude as punishment for a crime? All right. Amends Article 1, Section 3.
10: Okay. Any Any questions on that amendment? Any objections to the adoption of that amendment? Seeing none, that amendment is adopted. Abolition. 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 Abolition.
0: Abolition.
6: So that was the first section of HB 211 before the Louisiana state legislator on May 9th. And you heard Representative Edmund Jordan and Representative Gregory Miller. Is a Republican out of the 56th district in Louisiana. So, Max, uh, what do you want to point out from that one?
7: Um, as I said from the very beginning, they had an amendment in hand, but they were very right. clear. They wanted Jordan to be very clear about one thing. Do you want to ban involuntary servitude? They mentioned it multiple times. Uh, are you serious that this – Is What you want is to prohibit uncompensated labor. And Jordan explained to him, you know, hard labor, which is one of – Louisiana is one of two states that sends people to hard labor. other is Arkansas. And he's saying, well, that's a place more than a thing, whether you said to a parish or to one of the prisons. And it really only affects 30% of the population as to whether or not they get the choice to work. Um, but they were very clear what they wanted them to do. And and I'm not so sure that the state of Louisiana's constitution actually abolishes slavery from the very beginning. And this is why he asked Jordan, would you concede that slavery is prohibited in Louisiana because of the language of their already existing constitution? Nobody pulled up any of the arguments that came when that language was put in there so that we can see what the intent was. They expect you to go by what they're saying. And what it says is slavery and involuntary servitude. Now, that sounds like a package deal to me, right? Slavery and involuntary servitude are prohibited, comma, except in the latter case as punishment for crime. Now, considering that these exception clauses usually were a package deal with slavery and involuntary servitude, I wouldn't necessarily cede without seeing the testimony of the senators at the time that they did not include slavery in that. In the latter case, slavery and involuntary servitude as a punishment for crime. And then it finished off with them throwing in their First Amendment of three throughout this evening.
6: Right. And, you know, it's like some things I want to say, but I don't want to put the cart before the horse. So I'm kind of like holding back until the issues come up. Because uh, I'm glad you brought up intent, because that's that's going to play an important part in a case that I'm going to bring up later on. You know, because and it, and it explained further what I was saying when we had our meeting last week, when we had the uh, network meeting, and I mentioned the case because intent is everything, and you can tell intent by. What comes after? You know, we always talk about we can tell with the intent of the 13th Amendment because of what happened afterwards. We saw that they went straight into convict leasing and everything that came after that. So we know the intent of the 13th Amendment because of how they practice it. So we're hearing their int- intent already just in this first clip. We got 19 more to go. Well, this is just the right. first one, and they've already laid out their intent. So, so – they've were in- uh,
7: they're going to be very ahead, much. Uh, they're going to be in, uh, very much including intent later against Jordan and us. Uh, but for them, they're not going to talk about intent. <laughs> hey, remember, uh, if you have a question or comment, to press one on your keypad, and please keep your questions and comments as brief and concise as you can, so that we can get all of these clips today. These are must hear. Uh, welcome to 1850 via. 2023 that's where you're at right now
6: (laughs) yeah yeah it sounds like you know you know it gets to a point where i'm starting to feel edmund jordan was feeling what charles sumner was beginning to feel when he was on the congressional floor in uh south carolina
7: right all right well if it went on any further
6: he probably would have started beating on him
7: Let's go ahead and get in part two. Um, We're going to bring in one of those devils we talk about, because this is the testimony of angels and devils. Uh, And that one would be Representative Sebo. He's the man who stood against us last time. He's the one standing against us now. And you need to listen to what this man says very carefully. There's no shame in his game. We want that free labor. You ain't going to take that away from us. And also, you're not going to, you know, we have all of these statues in the place, which are illegal, by the way. We're not going to change any of that for this. I mean, he really goes in deep. So this is part two of 20, Representative Jordan and Representative Seaball, who insults Jordan to his face. This is HB 211, May 9th Committee. You're listening to Abolition Today. We'll be right back after this. Abolition. Abolition. Abolition.
0: All right.
10: Thank you.
8: <clears throat>
10: All right. Um, back on the bill, uh, Representative Seaball for a question. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Representative Jordan, we've, we've discussed this bill several
13: times, and uh, first, first or second time, I can't remember which time it came up, um, I questioned you in this committee about whether this bill dealt with forced labor of convicts in prisons, if, if we were going to outlaw forcing convicted people to work. And I believe you indicated that that's not what the bill was attempting to do, that it, you were just simply trying to okay. co- correct a historical wrong. Hold on, let me think. Okay. And last year when it was on the ballot, all of the ad campaigns in favor of voting for the amendment dealt with forced labor in prison system. Um, so I, I'm a, I'm afraid there's been some disingenuous... Uh, uh, presentation of this bill. By whom? By you. When you sat right there and no, said this didn't have you know, anything to I, do with forced so, labor so, in prison. So let's be very clear,
11: because I, I, cause I do take and uh, uh, representative, I, I, I consider you a friend, but I think you know very well, I'm not going to let anybody in, impugn my character. So when you say disingenuous by me, are you saying that I was in some way related to the ads? Are you saying that some way that I went on the radio and said that it it dealt with forced labor? Because if you ever heard one of my interviews on the radio that I did, when people asked me about that issue, I was consistent with what I told you here in the committee. But evidently, you may not have heard that.
13: Now I don't know that I did hear your interview. Did I you did hear, hear me on ad. a
11: voice with an ad? Was my voice on the ad saying that this had something to do that with? That voice doesn't with
13: mean that's not what the
11: bill about. That's no, not what it was
13: about no, last year, and that's what it's about no, this year.
11: No, it's not about that. And I'm the author of the bill, and so when you're telling me what somebody did in an ad, I'm not responsible for a third party or whatever else somebody says. I'm telling you from my perspective what it is. And so when you're saying that I, you didn't say that they were disingenuous. You said that no, I. Was I think
13: dis- they were honest. Well, let me ask you, what is, the effect I was of, what is the effect of this bill? If it passes, what is the practical effect in law if this the bill passes? The practical effect of this
11: bill is that you send out to, to, to other people throughout the country that we are open for business, that we are here to cure historical wrongs. That's all this does. Again, this, uh, this whole thing about this labor, under under the criminal code, forced labor or hard labor, because we don't use the term forced labor. We say hard labor, with hard labor, without hard labor. With hard labor means that you can be sentenced to a DOC facility, Angola, Hunt, St. Gabriel, what have you. With or without hard labor means that you can be sent to a state correctional facility, the ones I just named, or you can go to a parish prison. The truth of the matter is this. Seventy percent of the people that are sentenced with hard labor are not serving in a DOC facility. They're serving time in a parish prison, which would be the equivalent of being of serving with or without hard labor. Without hard labor, actually, because that's what it'd be at the parish prison. So we're talking this this whole thing, and, and that's, that's that's this was so sort of. Crazy about this thing in my mind. Even if I accepted your argument, and even if I accepted whoever is making this argument about the hard labor issue, we're talking about affecting 30 percent of the people at most of the incarcerated population at most. So it's not. It's really not about that from my perspective at all. Because even if it had an effect, even if you want to take, which I don't take that position, and I don't concede that position, but even if you took that position, it would. It was. It would affect a, a, a minority of the incarcerated population. But again, if we look at the ballot language, I think back to Representative Miller's point. The ballot language does not deal with, with uh, slavery. And even if you wanted to, I, mean, I can make the same argument about the people who said ads about slavery. Um This is about correcting an historical wrong, and it deals with involuntary servitude that was brought into the Constitution in 1865 when there was some equivalent between slavery and involuntary servitude, if you go back to this convict leasing perspective. And I think that this is something that
13: uh, I've been consistent in saying that we need to correct. All right. I'm not going to belabor the point. Um, We've been through this before. Um, I think you're trying – I think the historical wrong was corrected a very long time ago. I think Louisiana is open for business, and I've never heard one single employer or anybody say that they had a problem with re- relocating a I, business to Louisiana because of this. I can tell I, you, I think spoken, there's a solution I've spoken this in search of a problem, and okay. I'm going to object to the bill. Right. Um, I'm not going to move to involuntarily defer yet, but I'm going to object if anybody moves
10: to report the bill favorably or as amended. Thank you, Representative Seabaw. Abolition. 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 Abolition.
6: Abolition. Abolition. Abolition.
0: Abolition. Abolition.
6: So that was clip number two, Representative Edmund Jordan and Representative Alan Seabaw out of the 5th District. And he made it clear where he wanted to go, that, you know, it's all about this labor, this, this ability to still remain. Having forced labor and He took a couple of punches at Edmund Jordan and he kind of made Edmund Jordan cower in the corner Max
7: um, Something like that yeah Disrespect The man to, to his face uh, And that right. was the point where Edmund Jordan started distance, Distancing himself From the narratives That had been put out by various Organizations You know, our federal amendment people concentrate primarily on prison labor, forced labor. So there were a lot of ads, the If Not For Me campaign, for example, which gave stories of people being forced through labor in prisons. But from the Abolish Slavery National Network, we're much more holistic and down right to the point of it. Slavery and involuntary servitude are illegal. They're crimes against humanity. Crimes against humanity are included in international treaties signed by nations all over the world, including the United States. And, for example, the Declaration of Human Rights in Article 4 does not allow for exceptions in America. Slavery in all forms and involuntary servitude shall be prohibited. the same thing except except for prisoners duly convicted. Uh, So this is something that female is fighting to have all of them who are on this side this is what they're really digging in on you're going to take away our involuntary servitude you mean we're not going to be able to force people to work when do you want to force them to work when their mother died that day the day the mother died you want to force them to work how about the day they break a leg you want to force them to work that day how about the day that they're dying of cancer is that the day you want to force them when is it you want them to be forced to work when can they say no Today is not the day I'm going into your field to pick cotton. What point is that allowed? Um, Because from what they're saying, there is no exception, just like there's no safety, no OSHA, uh, no rights, no days off, no babysitter problems, as they said in the commercial that we played on air. All of that. And this is what they're advocating to have, to keep an illegal act in the Constitution as is. So forced labor, they were digging into that, um, you know, are you saying you're going to stop forced labor? And when he got into calling uh, Jordan a liar, that riled Jordan up. I wish the fact that they were fighting to keep slavery riled him up as much. Um, and he also, as I said, tried to distance himself from the whole narrative, either of them. For him, he was at this point now saying that this is just, you know, we're we're cleaning up loose ends. That's what we do. We're just cleaning up some loose ends historically, and it's good for business. So people won't have to hear any more of Tre- Trevor Noah's campaigns talking about how we're a slave state. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like we, we're not going to embarrass ourselves anymore. Let's just get this thing through it. Uh, so I, I felt a little bit of some kind of way because I've had long talks with the man. He knows our position, um, but we're not the federal effort either. So sometimes we rub against each other with that. We're always telling them, look, stop focusing primarily on prison labor because slavery is so much more than just forced labor. Uh, and you'll hear that throughout the night. Uh, well, we understand said, why
6: they – oh, go ahead, Max.
7: He said he considered the man a friend, and then the friend stuck him right in his back. <laughs> Isn't Right. That
6: right. You know, we understand why they focus so much on – the labor aspect it's because of how much money their prison enterprises makes every year you know so that's that's what they care about you know they don't care about although he brought it up for the first time and we're going to hear it a lot about this whole hard labor situation you know we're going to hear a lot about hard labor and edmund jordan is saying it's a place and that's sort of what their their law says you know when it talks about hard labor it says louisiana Law defines a felony as any crime for which a defendant may be sentenced to, a, to death or imprisonment at hard labor, which means incarceration in state prison. That's what it says on paper, but at hard labor means they need you out there plowing them fields. That's what it really means. It doesn't have anything to do with a place of where you go. They may say that on paper, but we know looking at all of their statistics, you know, all of the things that go on, all the crops that they have, all the different garment businesses and cattle businesses and agricultural businesses and raw material businesses that they have in Louisiana uh, Department of Corrections. When they say hard labor, they need you out there making that money. That's what they're talking about. And that's why they're fighting so hard for it, Max.
7: Yes. Um, you know, Friday, I went uh, I, I, out. I, I was an honoree, my wife and I both, uh, for a Human Rights Award in the land of Georgia, the Future is X Award from X Media and uh, brother uh Palmetto Star uh, of Two TV. Um, and, you know, it was great receiving this honor, great honor, and comparing our work to what Malcolm X did, had done. And, you know, Malcolm said, the future belongs to those who prepare for it today. You hearing Uh this today is your preparation for the future. You got to know where we're at before you know where we're going. And most don't even know where we're at. We're in 1850, people. (laughs) This is a man openly (laughs) advocating for involuntary servitude, forced labor, right now in 2021 and not backing down from it at all.
6: At all. Yes. At at all. all.
7: All right. So let's go ahead. And unless you got some more for part two, we'll get into part three.
6: We're only on part three? <laughs> yes, <Jesse, laughs> okay. it. <laughs> Let's get right, it, man. So Let's get it.
7: Next, you're going to hear Representative Jordan, Representative Carter, and Representative Nelson on HB 211, May Ninth committee in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. You're listening to Abolition Today with Max Parthas and Yusuf Hassan. We'll be right back after this. Abolition. 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 Abolition.
14: Representative Abolition. Wilford Carter. I thought we just had, a, thank you, Mr. Chairman, an amendment put on this bill. We did. Dealing with involuntary and the public correction. I thought that was what the amendment said. Yes. The bill, the article one pretty much deal with bills of rights of the people. You know, it talks about all kinds of rights. And certainly the the, the right to a fair trial, you trial. know, right to due process, all that kind of stuff, and and I think they got about last time I looked about maybe twenty two sections, 22 whatever sections, it, is, what it is, but different rights, and this would be one of the rights, right, uh, that would be protected from slavery. From slavery. That's basically yeah. what the bill is doing, and it's in a section that has other rights, but then there are other sections of the constitution that may suggest. The Department of Correction can have people work uh, 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 when they serve in time, hard labor, good labor. The judiciary has the authority to do that. It's already in the criminal And code. this does not have anything to do with that. Nothing. So this is a statement to the rest of the the world and the country that we are against slavery. Period. Basic, voluntary servitude and slavery. And so there can be some confusions in the Constitution when you read the whole constitution where you when you understand that the purpose of the, the 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 uh hard labor and lack of hard labor is in the judiciary section of the constitution. Give the judge the authority to do that. So 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 I don't know where where we're making this big deal like uh slavery is okay we say except for the Department of Corrections. that seems to be what they want to say. But slavery is illegal, period. Okay, and that's what this statement was say and and so i think I think uh I remember when the, last year the uh, uh, folks were confused about that because it had that access pop correction right and and uh that's probably why, the, why it didn't pass, you know, but I think this was sent a good statement. I thank you for the bill, and I don't know why folks get so sensitive to us saying slavery is, is prohibited. And why do we have a problem with that here twenty twenty three you know uh like like it's going to keep somebody from doing hard labor. It's not going to keep anybody from doing hard labor, okay, because that's expressly dealt with in another part of the constitution.
4: That's all I have to say
14: Thank you, representative Carter. thank you,
10: representative Carter. Representative Nelson,
15: Representative Jordan. So last year, I kind of helped trying to get the bill out. Right, and we used I think Utah's language is what we modeled, what our what we did last year, and so I've kind of been researching it a little bit um, just to see. I think some of the problems that we raised and have been raised in the past was, will this impact you know incarcerated people and their ability to work? And just in looking at it, it seems like states have kind of taken different approaches to including language that exempts that or does not. I mean, not from a you know forced labor perspective, but Tennessee has different language.
11: Tennessee has uh, a different language. You're right, and some other states do. the The, the problem, um, what we didn't have, and 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 the problem occurred with the Utah Amendment. Utah's constitution said something differently uh, from the start, and so by adopting just kind of putting their language on top of ours, I think it it, it had some unintended consequences. And I know that wasn't your um, that wasn't your desire or goal, but but that ultimately was, was the problem. We took their language, but their constitution started with something different and so than ours. And so by just adding that in, it, it
15: sort of mucked it up a little bit. So have you looked at Alabama? So Alabama changed it last year, too. Have you seen what Alabama I, I changed? I saw it?
11: Tennessee's, but I did not see Alabama.
15: So it looks to me like Alabama just did exactly what bill did, is it just says slavery and involuntary servitude are prohibited, straight up. And that's um, what I like to do. Um, I I don't know. Have you heard of anything in Alabama that all the whatever negative consequences or anything coming out of it? Well,
11: let me say this. I didn't see their language, but I can tell you I follow uh, civil rights laws fairly closely. And and I can tell you I haven't seen any litigation from Alabama related to that.
15: So it seemed to, in looking at the Tennessee language, I think that Tennessee made an exception or – they just said, nothing in this section shall prohibit an inmate from working when the inmate has been duly convicted of a crime. So it doesn't, you know, it's not involuntary servitude. I think it seems like some of the concern from some of the states is that you won't allow anyone who's incarcerated to be able to work at all, even if they want to. Are you worried about that at all, or you think that's not the intent? No, you know, go on the record and, 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 and say, we want people to be able to work in, in when they're incarcerated if they want to. I
11: think if people want to voluntarily work, look, we see people here at the Capitol every day. Who uh, are incarcerated and and they're working. Um, we have work release programs. I know one as close as my parish in West Baton Rouge has a work release program, and those folks are interested in working. So I don't I don't see that being a, a, a deterrent from that at all.
15: If people want to work, they they should be allowed to work. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. And I think that. I you know I agree with you that there are some historical wrongs that I think we can right by rewriting this section of the Constitution. I think we did it somewhat last year. Maybe this is a better approach. Maybe we'll get a you know, better success this year. But thank you for bringing this bill. Appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thank you, Representative Nelson. Abolition.
0: Abolition. Abolition.
6: Abolition. 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 Ab- Welcome back to Abolition Today. org. So that was part three of the hearing of HB 211, the Louisiana abolition bill that was held on May 9th, 2023. In that segment, you heard Representative Wilfredo Carter from the 34th district. He's a Democrat. Representative Richard Nelson from the 89th district. He's a Republican and also Representative Edmund Jordan, the sponsor of the bill. So, Wilfred, Wilf, Wilfred Carter gets it You know That was that was my take from it when I was Watching it and hearing it again here He gets it Look, slavery and involuntary servitude Are wrong and we need to get rid Of it, that's all this is about Let's get rid of that Period <laughs> Max
7: Yes uh, Yusuf um, There was quite a few things that stood out For me for there from there, like you said, uh, Representative Carter, he, he was saying things like, you know, slavery is illegal, period. And I don't understand people's sensitivity to us wanting to abolish slavery. Like, where is the problem? Right. And that's the What's that's the, the type of sim- simple courage that we really need. Just point that out it's slavery and you're arguing to keep it. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> you know? I'm glad you also pointed out that the representatives were bipartisan. Representative Nelson is a Republican. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and when he came on, he really pointed out a couple things. One, that they recognize the national wave that is occurring. Cuz the only reason right. you had the opportunity To read any examples of what's going on is because we have literally abolished slavery in seven states now, bringing it to a total of eight. That's a hell of a wave coming your way and is growing in momentum and size every day. And he was pointing that out. Like we got red Tennessee and we read Utah and Alabama and Mm -hmm. and Oregon and Nebraska and Colorado. (laughs) Like that's all the work we've been doing these past few years to get it done. What is wrong with you, Louisiana, that you can't get it done? What is the problem? And these
6: these invisible, unintended consequences they keep talking about aren't happening in these other states.
7: Well, that's one of the things that Nelson pointed out is the litigation concerns. They're afraid of two types of litigation. One, that they've been committing crimes against humanity uh, all of this time. And now they have to admit to that and then take it out. And then two because they've been sentencing people to hard labor, uh, forced labor, as they even call it, that it's possible that many of, not all of those cases can be reviewed or or retried because you didn't sentence them to punishment or rehabilitation, you sentenced them to hard labor, and that's something that's got to end, and if all your policies and your, your prison doctrines all... So uh, are written around that. Guess what? They're going to have to change, too, because this has got to end. Last year, they made it clear that the convenience of the Senate and Congress and the committee was more important than the freedom and the rights of the people. This year, we're not falling for that trash. And the litigation concerns that they're talking about, we've already seen that happen in Colorado. Uh, where Colorado attempted to sue based on the badges and incidents of slavery of being forced to work. Um, right. And they threw the case out stating that the 13th Amendment superseded the uh, state of Colorado's new constitution. And now that's a issue of state rights. Um, they asked Jordan, you know, is he trying to stop all work? That's their, they, They're pretending to be afraid that everybody's going to put down their pickaxes and shovels and just not work. And that's not the case. We recognize there's an economy in prison and people have to pay for things because you're exploiting them even inside the prison. And they're going to want to voluntarily work in order to do simple things like make a phone call to their mama or their father or their wife or the husband, daughter, whatever it may be, you know? So there or to is buy a reason. bar of soap. Yes. And it, but what we don't want is forced labor. Voluntary are two different things. Being in prison is the punishment. Forced labor is something extra you're throwing into there that is Mm -hmm. worldwide. So if the person's mother has died that and they say, no, I'm not going to pick your cotton, and you put them in a hole for 30 days, or you add five years onto their... Onto uh, their sentence because they are be mm-hmm. used for probation or parole. That's now a crime. That's illegal. You can't do that. That is now illegal, and you might end up in prison for doing that to inmates. That's so right. We're scared of that. Yes. Yeah. You know, that right is right is wrong is wrong. We don't want to go halfway with this. All right. Any more commentary no half, from Stephanie. you on this?
6: No, because I I just realized we have so much further to go, (laughs) and we're already an hour in.
7: (laughs) Um. Yeah, as a matter of fact, since we're already an hour in, let's take a quick music break—one of uh, only two that we're going to have today. Uh, As a matter of fact, something that will help you know center us and remind us about what reality is. Uh, We're going to go ahead and play Jesse Jet Amen. 13th, uh, Amendment 13th, Homo Detritus. So uh, make sure you listen closely. This is Abolition Today, AbolitionToday.org with Max Parkes and Yusuf Hassan. We'll be right back after this. Abolition Today. Abolition, Abolition. Abolition.
0: Abolition.
3: Push through and you don't stop. Broken and bruised, you don't stop. Coughing up fluid, you don't stop. Alright, fresh from the mines that brought you King Midas. Sign of the times, call me Homo Detritus. Karma's a beast and its fleas make a plague look childish. Are we home of the brave or the best or the brightest? (laughs) None of the above and my answer's as final as one wrong. Look at one of Brooklyn's finest. Now Barack was a real class act. To the Hague, so stylish Where he could perch on a warlord's throne Made a little-known Middle East drone violence. Buddy, they were logging mileage While you and your smartphone were both on silent Too busy hailing Barack as a well-spoken token The prejudice was dead, and American Woken up when all along our bigotry was thriving In a rising red vitriolic tide so fisted it is binding Like a contract of slavery they gave us in writing Whole amendments that lay on their minds and then go into hiding so they can legislate slaves to a 20 cent wage if they're on the inside the road isn't long it is wide and there's not much winding they just lead you to a lifetime a small crime bring you back and put you in a line doing sweatshop labor for a couple fucking dimes and you can spend your whole life here being beaten by a staff of steroid gimmer at white nationals do it all for Nike, buddy. Do it for the capital. Do it for the guards, so they'll treat you like an animal. Do it when you're sick or you're sore, cause you have to. Do it so the prison shareholders can roll in their dough and remodel their bathrooms with walk-in showers that might be a little bit bigger than the cell where you spend 20 hours of your 24, maybe more. They don't count it anymore. They just need you well enough to move a product out the door. They just got a marble countertop and on the tile floor. Heated fucking seats on a bidet that you helped them afford But they won't lift a finger if your warden goes overboard Makes your common area unspoken COVID ward Left you in or mingle like he hadn't really done before Now there's a lot of pits dug up in the yard all numbered And he still won't tell you what the number's for But it's gotta be a warning Probably the kind that you might need thunder for When the realization strikes They've been grouping you tight And restricting your time outside It won't take a genius to link it To all of the coughing that's keeping you up every night So if you can't abide slaves I'll date the case plain A prisoner shares the same rights And your tax dollars are lining the pockets of those who ensure that the luxuries of medicine and showers are consistently denied. And you can spend eight years if you're black because you burned up a trash can, but you won't see any time if you rape when you're young and you're white. And in five years' time, that white racist guy gets a job as a guard where he finds a new prey to dehumanize. And it's ingrained as a part of our system of justice so deeply that it's not scrutinized. And if we're talking capital punishment, all of these assholes with bludgeons who call themselves justice could probably be euthanized. Rather than giving them 70 humans to supervise, torture, and brutalize. Cognitivity training can't teach us the value of human life. It's a message that's basic, our nature is shaped it and culture is born out of breaking it down and then seeing it crucified. I feel like I'm watching every day with exponentially more lucid eyes, till I'm drooling out my cheek and down my side and my eyes are the dullest shade of overdose white. When just a dose of reality hits like an overdose might. It's a gross mentality that keeps this country going makes you wonder why we're keeping it alive and we don't stop just push through and you don't stop covering up fluid you don't stop guards gang rape you and you don't stop they take your commissary you don't stop your mother's being buried you don't stop when nothing is forgiven you don't stop when life's not living you don't stop you just push through and you don't stop Crap it up slow and you don't stop. God dang, right, you don't stop. Broken ass bros, you don't stop. Take that your commentary, you don't stop. Your better being buried, you don't stop. When nothing is forgiven, you don't stop. When life's not living, you don't stop. You got put it you don't stop. Crap it up slow, you don't stop.
0: Abolition. 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 Abolition.
6: That was Jesse Jett, Amendment 13, homo detritus. And if if you don't feel that, like, that's a song that it definitely gets you fired up because that's what it is. You know, no matter what's going on with you, as long as they have this slavery and involuntary servitude in the Constitution, you are not going to be able to stop. Welcome back to Abolition Today, abolitiontoday.org with Max Parthas and Yusuf Hassan. Almost forgot my old name, but uh, Max, this this is like the new favorite song, right?
7: Uh, it's one of them. We've got a big collection of wonderful music like this, um, and that is definitely one of the hotter ones uh, for sure. Because he's keeping it so real, like he nobody says right. it like he's saying it. You know, uh, the sensitivity trainings won't teach you about you know the value of human life. And this is what we're talking about, human life and freedom. Human life. You know? Uh, I see we got Brother Curtis on the line. I want to go ahead and bring him in. Uh, mm-hmm. Brother Curtis, we're going to try to keep it as simple as we can today. Today's mission is to go through the testimony and comment on what we heard. And you were the front row witness that day, the man behind a lot of the strategies. So uh, once again, welcome back to Abolition Today, Curtis davis incarcerate louisiana uh lead organizer for the asnn and co-director of state operations hello family how you doing
5: abolition family all across america we're making major strides thanks to the work of abolition today max Parsis, yusuf hassan jamila land savannah eldridge and our team theta from across the country uh, laramie and it, it, it's just Amazing to be involved with you guys. You introduced me to the queen of Benin, Africa. Benin. I, I, I met, <laughs> yeah, Benin, Africa. I right. met Frederick Douglass' um, descendants. I've met Harriet Tubman's descendants, and I feel so special. So what we have right now is an opportunity to change the state of Louisiana in a way that hasn't happened in the last 160 years. Tomorrow we have a full house debate on whether or not the state of Louisiana will continue to be a, st- a slave state or go into the um 21st century with more progress, a better future and a, a a better quality of life for all of our people. The biggest part though, Max, is that the black caucus of the state of Louisiana, the Democratic Party and the Republican Party All feel as though if they don't support this, this demonstrably shows that Louisiana is a racist state that does not care anything about black or brown people.
7: They got a head start with some of this testimony here today, for sure. Especially Mm -hmm. people like Seaball, who just insisted uh, that they get the chance to work you Negroes to death. That's what we want. We want to make sure that we can punish you with hard labor. doesn't matter who you are, how old you are, how sick you are, what happened in your life. You don't get to have those things. All you get is to break rocks, pick cotton, or whatever the hell else we want you to do. Well, The difference
5: in this year and last year is we finally have buy-in from the black community, from the melanated community, from the African American community. Last year, they didn't really understand that slavery even still existed in the United States of America. Happy Juneteenth, but slavery is still legal. What you got for me, Yusuf? <laughs> you know, I'm glad you
6: said that. You know, uh, we're still early in the testimony that we're listening to, and I think you're coming in at right at the right moment because we have uh delicia boyd and uh what's knox's first name alonzo knox no, coming up wait,
7: wait, and i, wait, think, I the, think we got Parks, uh representative johnson we didn't hear him yet yeah right? johnson and freeman yes. we
6: got to bring in i'm so i'm so anxious to get yes. up to knox because i directly uh, identify with him i'm sorry uh, i'm ready to skip ahead but we definitely <laughs> need to listen listen in because they're laying out their case for slavery in 2023. I mean, it's clear throughout each person's uh, testimony, each, dem, each uh, Republican, clearly laying out their case for we want slavery in 2023. And it's a, it's a collective effort. Like they came in, they were well-versed. You know, each one had their talking points. And it's the same talking points over and over and over again. So – I don't oh, want right. to belabor it. I want us to jump right back into it. So we're going to go with, part, is it four. part four now, Representative Johnson? Yes. Okay, uh, so this is, part, this is four. part four. Oh, go ahead, Max.
7: Part four uh, with Representative Jordan uh, and Representative Johnson, HB 211 May nine Committee. We've got Curtis Davis in the house from Decarcerate Louisiana. You're listening to Abolition Today, Abolition today.org. We'll be right back after this.
0: Abolition.
9: Abolition.
7: Today. Representative Abolition. Johnson. Abolition.
9: Abolition. Representative Jordan, it, I, I'm trying to make sure I understand completely what, what your purpose is of the bill. You, to hear you talk, it's more symbolic than anything else. You want to send out a message that Louisiana, it's, it's in addition to the Constitution... It. But, but is that it's not something that could be accomplished by HCR. or a resolution? No, because it's in the Constitution. No, I'm saying though, but if if the purpose is to send the message that we are united against slavery, I think the message is in the Constitution. So, if you put it in the constitution, well, we did vote on this amendment last year. Wasn't there an amendment that was on the no, ballot last not, year? Not,
11: not, not from this perspective, and because of the confusion, I think it had some unintended consequences. Okay. And as you know, I mean, there was there was a lot of confusion from that.
9: It is your purpose to prevent someone convicted of a crime and sentenced to prison. From being compelled to work? It's not my, I, I've, I've, again, I've stated my purpose. Well, I, I'm not, I'm not uh, maybe I'm, a, I'm just trying for myself to understand.
11: Not, so let me be As clear. an attorney,
9: could I look at what we're passing, or we may be passing and may be voting on, and give an attorney a good argument that my client, who's been convicted of whatever, and is at Angola or Rapids Parish DOC, does not want to have to go out and cut grass.
11: A good argument or an argument?
9: Well, I'm asking you. Could you, oh, you see say, that that, a, a good that, argument,
11: no. Uh, an argument. I mean, look, we make as attorneys. You know, we make arguments. But all I mean, the do time. you open up that 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 door? I don't door. think it. I don't think that door is any more opened by passing this than it is today. So
9: then, what does the bill really, in in real life, other than symbolic and other than stating think, our united opposition, what legal? Consequences or benefits are derived from passing a constitutional there, there, there
11: may, amendment. There may be no legal legal benefits, but I can tell you the benefits to over thirty-five percent of Louisiana's population—that's African American—are going to be significant. It's not. It's not. It's not going to be in vain or without merit or anything else. Again, you, you you brought this to me last year and I gave you the example. I don't want this in my constitution any more than I want my daughter to go to a school named after Robert E. Lee. I don't want that more than, than it being under anybody else that fought to keep us enslaved. And if you look at when this was brought into the Constitution, that was the exact purpose. I mean, if you look at our history and you look at the, the, the code noir or the, what, what we call the black codes, right after emancipation when black people could be picked up for vagrancy just to be reincarcerated because of slave labor, this all comes from that. And, you know, I know for some people they have uh, either no appreciation for it, and I'm not saying that's you, Representative Johnson, or don't seem to believe that it
14: has an effect
11: on African-American people you know, a hundred and thirty years later, and I'm just here to tell you that that's inaccurate. That's wrong. Well,
9: I, well, I haven't expressed any beliefs to you. Everything I said to you has had a question mark behind it.
11: But and I'm not saying it was you. I, I'm just, I'm just following but, up. But, as, but
9: I'm trying to understand, as I mentioned to you, other than symbolic, what legal ramifications does the passage of this bill? create if any if you tell me none i I, I think i I think i started off by saying that okay so so when you say involuntary servitude you don't include prisoners who are who are required to work or required to do uh things as part of it you don't consider that part of what your bill is trying to say that's wrong i said
11: this I've said this repeatedly. You just to,
9: have to be simple to me. And yeah,
11: consistently. Just, I think I, 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 I have tried to be. Well, tried I'm,
9: to I'm be. a slow one here. I'm trying
11: <laughs> to understand. No, you're not. You're not. Uh, and look, I've tried to be as clear um, as I can be. This, you know, I'm going to say for the, for the 200th time, this is about correcting historical wrongs. I mean, we can bring up arguments of any type of unintended kind. Look, I can make that for any cool. bill and any argument that 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 comes through here. That is not the purpose. The purpose is to correct this historical wrong for Louisiana to, to finally move forward. This is this is not look. Non unanimous jury was something very significant and had and had legal ramifications to it. But, and this somewhat comes out of that same light and same vein. Um, If we can't accept, if we can't accept that this was put in the Constitution, frankly, for, for racist intent, and it needs to be removed, then I'm not... I, I just I just won't convince you, but but what I'm telling you is we all know historically and factually that's why it was put in the Constitution and not just in Louisiana, in in several states it was done as such, and so that's why you see states. This is not this is not just a Louisiana movement. This is a movement to for people to say, okay, we recognize this wrong, and now we want to correct it.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Representative Johnson. Abolition. 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 Abolition.
8: Abolition.
6: So you just heard Representative Mike Johnson is the Republican out of the 27th district in his discourse with Representative Edmund Jordan. And, Curtis, you were sitting right behind him, and I wish, <laughs> you know, you just got up and got on the mic and explained to him what this does to a person. Because you spent 25 years enslaved within the Louisiana Department of Corrections. Tell them exactly what this going to do for that person that's enslaved.
5: And I'm glad you asked that question, Brother Eustace, and I'm always – I told you I'm in love with your voice, man. You're able to articulate things in a way that the average person, white person who cares about our issue, can understand. This is not a labor issue. What we believe in the state of Louisiana and across the state um, of the United States of America is that the 13th Amendment and Amendment 1, Section 3 of the Louisiana Constitution takes away human privilege. What we are is something more than a horse, something less than a human, once we're either an voluntary servant or a slave, all right? So in the the, the legal law, um, according to my brother Dennis Febo, who's fighting the same fight in New Jersey, we have to understand that it's a whole um, codicil of different language that gives you manumission or personhood. When a person is a slave, that means that person is property of a person or an entity. When a person is an indentured servant or an involuntary servant, that person is not property per se, that person is just something under human standards. When a person rises above that level, that person is an employee. Under the master servant relationship, which is called Department of Labor Law, right? You're an employee, a supervisor, a foreman, manager a manager or whatever the other um levels of respect for employment and labor give you what we're trying Mm -hmm. to do in the state of louisiana is restore human rights to people that currently do not have those rights and it's a hard fight because the state of louisiana depends on service labor and that's a big deal Tomorrow we have a full house debate on this issue. The Louisiana Black Caucus has decided that they will slow down this whole legislative process if the Republican Party, who does not, who has a supermajority in the House and the Senate, a veto-proof supermajority. This is the red state in the United States of America. So they're either gonna say tomorrow that we are white supremacists, we support slavery, or they're gonna take this language out of the Constitution and allow the voters of the state of Louisiana to decide whether or not we wanna continue in the hateful past that we have, or we are gonna move to a more progressive future
7: thank you uh curtis indeed uh there's a lot riding you know what johnson was talking he was trying to again control the narrative they do that all the time and now we're talking about the deep dark south louisiana prison capital of the world uh where they argued this slavery argument now since the 1800s and before and johnson was like oh is this just symbolic i mean what does it actually change And, of course, you know, Jordan is like, well, that's kind of obvious. And I said it over and over again and even pointed out 35 percent of the population, black people in Louisiana, are very concerned with this because they're the majority of the people in the prisons. You're talking about 35 percent representing 80 percent of a place like Angola. Uh, And he was very clear when he said something like, you know, um, he was saying you have no appreciation for slavery abolition. Like, you don't get it. What it means to particular people to know that slavery is abolished, that it is done in this state, that you are no longer legally able to either uh, force me to be human property or to force Uh me to work under every and any condition, regardless of what I might think or want or need or have. Um, And he was very clear about that. I appreciate him saying that. They also showed another one of their concerns, which they repeated earlier, is the legal ramifications. And as I explained earlier, in the broadcast, there are several legal ramifications. But can I just say it loud and clear, goddamn, it's slavery and involuntary servitude. It's illegal everywhere. Why in the hell would you want it in your constitution? Why are we the only country on earth where it is constitutionally codified? the condition under which a person can become state property or be forced to work like a damn mule. I'm just saying. The man said he was a little slow, and Jordan said, no, you ain't. Damn right. <laughs> yeah exactly You ain't slow. You know exactly you what you're doing. All right, hold on with us there, Curtis. We're going to play another one of these clips, and let's get your commentary on what you hear, okay? Uh, this is part five with yes, Representative doctor. Jordan and Representative Freeman. On HB 211, May 9th Committee in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. You're listening to Abolition Today, abolitiontoday.org, with Max Parthas, Yusuf Hassan, and we're joined by Curtis Davis. I do want to give you uh, 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 some information. Make sure that you call in. Now is a good time. 515-605-9814. At the end of the hour, we will still be broadcasting, but you won't be able to hear it on the live stream. You can only hear it if you call in to 515-605-9814. This is a special extended program, and you need to hear this. All right, here we go. Abolition.
0: Abolition. Today. Representative Today. Freeman.
16: Thank you, Mr. Chairman and Representative Jordan. I apologize for not being here in your opening. I was in the Senate. Um <clears throat> Here's my question, and and I've I've read this section of the Constitution over and over and over and over again, and the last sentence seems to be the sentence that you're concentrating on, and the sentence starts out with, slavery and involuntary servitude are prohibited. Let me stop right there. Mm -hmm. Is there any question what that's saying? Is there any question that it's saying, slavery and involuntary servitude are prohibited in this state? If it stopped there, I think it would be very clear. I'd agree with you. Okay. And you tell? can you tell me, when was the last time in Louisiana that slavery was
10: allowed or uh, legal or anything like that? Uh, what you, well, rep- no, hey, Representative we, Freeman, uh, Just I don't know if you hear when we adopted the amend- amendment dealing with the ballot language. Uh, we adopted an amendment so that it just says, uh, do you support an amendment uh, to prohibit? Involuntary, involuntary servitude. I get that. Uh, uh, it, it, the punishment for crime. Uh, involuntary servitude. Right. So I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to
16: understand because they. Because Representative Carter talked about slavery and everyone's talking about slavery. I'm just trying to understand how this. How this Constitution has not prohibited slavery in its current
11: form. Well, you said two different things. You said when, has, when it was legal, and I think you said when has it been allowed. Correct. All right. So, again, I'm going to make a distinction between those two. Um, slavery is not legal. Mm-hmm. I would, again, I'd submit I'd agree with you on that. When has it been allowed? I can tell you DOJ just did a report, as I said, to Representative Miller earlier, and you may not have been. I, I wasn't here for that. Sorry. Um, we've got 25% of our incarcerated population that's being kept 90 days, at least 90 days past their release date, and about 60% that's being held at least 60 days past their release date. Whenever you stay beyond when your debt is due, uh, some might call that false imprisonment. Some might call that slavery. I don't know. The practical effect is, is the same at that point. Now, is that... I'm not telling you that's legal, though. It's not
16: legal. And and we all know that that's a problem, and that needs to be addressed at the Department of Justice and the Corrections, which needs to be fixed. Um, but I would submit to you that, yes, that's probably uh, uh, un, unjust or, or how had you call it, uh, false imprisonment. I wouldn't call it slavery, but I'm calling it false imprisonment. But the involuntary servitude part is the part clearly that you're focusing on and you want to ex- it's
11: the only part i'm correct. on.
16: correct and you're and you're want to accept that you're taking it out except in the latter case of course which in the latter case means involuntary servitude as punishment for a crime now i heard rep carter talk about well in another section of our code it talks about what you can uh, can sentence someone to and then this section of our Constitution says you can't. So we're going to now make our Constitution inconsistent with the part that he's talking about. And how are we, gonna, how are we going to balance that?
11: So let me, so let me ask, because I, I think you're, and maybe I didn't understand your question. So I don't think that we are going to prohibit. Are you equating – I guess that's the question. Are you equating forced labor with involuntary servitude?
16: Well, forced labor is working involuntarily for no money, so it's involuntary servitude as far as I can tell. It's, a, it's synonymous. You can call it something and different, but it's where, synonymous. And
11: that's, and that's where – I think that's where we differ. That's where we differ. That That is not, that is really not what involuntary servitude is. Involuntary servitude is more akin to slavery than it is to, to forced work. And so that is where we have a disconnect. And what I'm telling you is, I don't know, to the answer to your question, it's not going to stop that because as Representative Carter uh, said uh, and as Representative Nelson has pointed out, we've got other states that have prohibited this and it's not creating an issue. And secondly, we've got other places within the Constitution and the criminal code that addressed the issue of forced work. So what I'm telling you is I don't equate slavery to that. I mean the voluntary servitude to what you're talking about. It is more akin to the slavery.
16: Well, and you and I can agree to disagree on that, but if you say, because you use the term forced work, so they're working involuntarily they're not voluntarily working they're working involuntarily it's it's synonymous to me is the problem and i think i have an issue that if you take this out which is very clear in what it says only as a punishment for a crime i think you make our constitution inconsistent with the rest of our code that judge carter was talking about who he knows a whole lot more about what's in it than i do but I think you make it inconsistent, and then you're going to create more situations, and you said, well, could they have a good cause of action or not a cause of action? I think the cause of action grows exponentially for inmates to say, I don't have to work. You can't force me to work. You t- it was in the Constitution. You took it out. Well, I understand your opinion. You're right. We disagree. So that that's my problem with the bill. Look, I believe... Slavery and involuntary servitude have been illegal in this state for a long, long time. I don't believe it exists unless you're talking about the workers. Um, and I just believe we, if we do this, I really have an issue with making our, our whole system inconsistent, our Constitution and the other parts. Thank you for answering my questions, but therein lies
11: my problem. I understand. We, again, we, we do disagree, but I, I, I hear what you said. Thank you, Representative Freeman.
0: Abolition.
6: Abolition, Today. Abolition. Today. Abolition. Today. Abolition. <laughs> Welcome back to Abolition Today AbolitionToday.org That was Representative Larry Freeman And his last name is spelled F-R-I-E-M-A-N Out of the 74th District He's a Republican And, you know, when he posed the question uh, Oh, slavery and involuntary service When was the last time slavery and involuntary service Was uh, done in the state, you know, he could have easily told him, well, because of our exception clause, it's done every single day in the Department of That's Corrections. Right. But he missed that
7: opportunity right there. Um, like I said about Colorado, case was dismissed. Why? Because they said that the federal constitution supersedes the state constitution, which becomes a state's rights issue that is likely headed to the Supreme Court.
6: Tenth he Amendment.
7: There we go. He could have easily said. Yes, slavery is legal right now. You, do, you are subject to the federal constitution, right? You swear an oath to defend that, right? Well, in it, it says that slavery and involuntary servitude are acceptable as a punishment for crime. So whether we just have forced labor or not is debatable, but the 13th Amendment makes it clear. Yes, we have slavery here today. Uh, Brother Curtis, would you like to get in on this?
5: I understand that the problem with the Republicans in the state of Louisiana is that they made um, a law that exists that says that everybody that has a violent crime is sentenced to hard labor. And they Uh fear that if they end slavery and involuntary servitude, then they would have a problem with the penal system and the effect of having illegal sentences, meaning that their, um, their court system would be inundated with lawsuits. Because, of course, slavery and involuntary servitude in the 21st century should be looked at as a crime against humanity. So somebody should probably file a lawsuit. But as things stand right now, the Constitution allows them, because of the force of the United States of America to work people as slaves and in voluntary servitude, li- uh, make them their living conditions beneath a level of human decency. Um, and um, we have a problem with toxic prisons here. We have um, Angola and those prisons that work hard labor, have 13 oil and chemical refineries along that necessary, uh, Mississippi River, corridor they call it cancer alley so if you're sentenced to prison here you're probably going to get cancer by the time you're 50 mm. so we have a big problem that's not just a labor problem that's a human rights issue
7: um You know, with the Abolish Slavery National Network, and we hope other people understand and adopt this understanding as well, we go by the Harvard Bellagio Guidelines on Slavery, which are derived from the 1926 Conventions on Slavery. And in guideline number eight, they have a distinction between slavery and forced labor, saying that the 1926 Slavery Convention recognizes that forced labor can develop into conditions analogous to slavery. Although forced or compulsory labor is defined by the 1934 Slavery Convention as all work or services, which is exacted from any person under the menace or or any penalty and for which the said person has not offered himself voluntarily. Forced labor will only amount to slavery when in substance, there is the exercise of the powers attached to the rights of ownership. Okay, now where is the rights of ownership? It's right there in the 13th Amendment. By what Jordan said is happening with 25% of the people who are supposed to be released staying up to 90 days beyond their uh, sentencing, as if you own their bodies now. And he called right. it – what did he call it? Uh, kidnap. He didn't call it kidnapping. What did he say?
6: And no, uh, uh, what is it? Uh confinement.
7: Uh, what did he say? Uh, wrongful he said, imprisonment said, or, that, that or something like labor that. Is a wrongful place not a wrongful imprisonment. He said it was right. wrongful imprisonment, right. Uh, which is still a crime, but nonetheless, it's exercising the powers of ownership. You own these people's bodies. You decide when they go and when they don't go. So that means that slavery is in existence right there under forced labor. And
6: by comparison, the same thing happened Yeah, the same thing happened During convict leasing Mm -hmm. Many, by the time They finished their quote-unquote Sentence, they were held Beyond, because they were saying Oh, we don't remember when you came Uh, We lost track of time So they were held over their time So it ties in for that But yeah, definitely pass it off to Curtis Our biggest issue
5: here is to, the the need to keep te- to keep tradition alive? Um, when we were taking down Confederate statues, people were saying destroying our heritage, right? Um, for those of us that didn't go to school all the way, heritage in its root etymology is hereditary. It means race superiority or race unity or context this is what this is about this is a racist situation they want black people to be perpetually marginalized in the state of louisiana and the only way to ensure that into infinitum is to keep these laws intact
7: thank you curtis Reminder to the people listening for the next hour after this one, at the top of the hour, we switch over to just being able to hear it via calling in. The number is 515-605-9814. If you have a question or comment, uh, press 1. We just ask that you keep your answers concise and to the point uh, so that we can get through as many of these clips as we can. And uh, with that being said, let's just go ahead and jump to the next one. Uh, this is the one you've been waiting for, Yusef, and I think we're all going to be happy to hear this. Because somebody's right. speaking not only truth to power, but they're speaking something more dangerous, truth to the powerless. This is Representative Jordan and Represen- Representative Boyd and Representative Knox. Representative Knox is going to knock it out the park. Two Eleven at the May 9th Committee hearing on uh, the abolition of a slavery amendment. You're listening to Abolition Today, abolitiontoday.org with Max Parks and Yusuf Hassan. We're joined by Curtis Davis of Dicarcerate Louisiana, and we'll be right back after this.
0: Abolition today.
7: Abolition. Abolition.
10: Representative Boyd. Abolition.
17: Abolition. Abolition. Rep. Jordan, thank you for bringing this bill. I just want to be clear that of your intent here is really just to clarify what we believe is illegal, prohibited, so to speak. Is that correct?
11: That's right, and 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 to correct that wrong, and to be clear within. The Constitution of what the intent is. I think. Look, again, where you can look at, and I've, I've said this before. Mississippi had a version of this. Mississippi wasn't as 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 cunning with their language as what we were. I think we were a little uh, more shrewd with the language when we passed it back in the uh, late 1800s. But we all know what the intent was. That
17: was yeah. Uh, once again thank you for bringing this bill at the appropriate time Mr. Chairman I move that we move favorably on it
10: thank you Representative Boyd Representative Knox
18: thank you Mr. Chairman as the newest person here I'm sitting and I'm trying to follow what everyone is saying and i'm trying to process it in the best way that i can and i'm taking notes and i'm watching everyone and in my limited time here i've come to appreciate that these are some well good intention people that's that's what i believe i really do the question was asked is this symbolic and I think you answer that question. And I would add that right before you we passed a constitutional amendment to show that we don't want to accept foreign money in our elections. We accept that to be symbolic. Yesterday we accepted a bill for parental rights so that it be enshrined in the state's constitution to let everyone know that we, this legislature, believe parents have the preeminent right over their child. Pass without any real issues at all. My concern when it comes to this issue, one of slavery, that we are trying to thread the needle in any way we can to come up with a red herring to keep it in a constitution. And for that, I'm confused i'm perplexed i'm concerned i'm disgusted and i'm a little angry about it and let me tell you why i served in the united states marine corps infantry served in combat and i know for a fact that there's tens of thousands of men and women who have served in the u.s military there's tens and thousands of men and women who serve in the louisiana state national guard and for them to be able to hear what I'm hearing, that some members of this body, for whatever the reason may be, and for whatever justification, they want to retain something that's so ugly and so disgusting about this state as it relates to slavery and conflate it with something to justify their own sense of of reasoning. And i I. I've met these people, I've met my colleagues, I've spoken with them one-on-one, I've seen them in movement, I've seen them in action, and I submit that I maintain these are good and decent people. And for me, as someone who suffers from scars of combat, for me as an African American who have to sit here as an elected official to hear these good and decent people as I see them, Come up with reason after reason to justify why we should keep something like this in the Constitution. It's beyond me. Whether it's symbolic or not, it seems to me that we would want to do anything that we can to show that what happened historically isn't something we want to reflect as a state and as a nation. It seems to me that good and decent people would want to take that stance. Whatever the issue may be with this bill, and I'm hearing and I'm receiving that there are some, there's no doubt in my mind that it can be worked out. But the fact of the matter is what you're trying to do, Rep. Jordan, is to symbolically, to use the term that's been used previously, to send the message that this state recognizes the horror of its past, this state does not want that black eye, does not want that thing to continue. That's how I see this. As the simplest person sitting here, as the most lay person who is watching this, that's what I would take away from everything that has been said. And to see you sit there repeating yourself time and time again what this bill is not, I'm disheartened by the fact that you keep getting the same question to tie it to something that is not. So people can put at ease whatever vote that they're intending to take about this. I find that to be abhorrent. I find it to be disgusting. I find it to be outrageous, to be quite frank about it, as a combat Marine. And I'm most concerned about the men and women who serve in our military, and particularly the African men and women who serve in our military on behalf of this state, And on behalf of this country who have to sit and listen to what I sit and listen to as an elected official, as an African-American, and in particular as an African-American male, these good and decent people, as I see them, try as best as they can to rationalize, symbolic or not, why we should retain something so hurtful to so many of our state residents. I I can't fathom it. And whatever conversations we're going to have after this vote, whatever engagement I'm going to have with my colleagues after this vote, I still will engage with them. I still will think they're good and decent people. But there's no doubt in my mind that there's a different thought that I have if they think that this is okay. Because what it all comes down to, in my observation and my impression, is that some people don't care about how other people feel in this state of Louisiana, in particular. Some people are not as concerned about, as you indicated earlier, your son, your daughter, how they have to live in a state that does not want to recognize its past sin. I can't fathom that. And, Mr. Chairman, I'm going to wrap up. But I do want to make it clear that I am embarrassed, not just for my colleagues, but for those who believe that the group of people that are most impacted, that their feelings are not taken into account, that the feelings and and, and aspirations of their children and their children's children, that it has no regard to that. And yes, this can be symbolic. In fact, I think that's the point. So as we look for other rationale, I ask that we look to the bigger point, to send a message to everyone in the state and send a message to everyone in this country that Louisiana wants to right this wrong. Mr. Chairman, I yield the mic.
9: Thank you, Rep. Knox.
11: Thank you, Rep. Knox. I appreciate your comments. Thank you for your service. And I think you just summed up the, the humanity of what this is about.
0: Abolition. Abolition. Today. Abolition. Today. Abolition.
6: Wow. So you just heard Representative Delicia Boyd out of the 102nd District. Democrat, and also uh, Alonzo Knox of the 93rd District, also a Democrat. And that's it. He summed up the humanity of it. And it's embarrassing and hurtful to just see them sit there and just make up excuse after excuse after excuse. And, you know, as a fellow Marine like him, I, I felt his pain. I felt his pain. I know exactly what he's talking about. And then when he closed it out by saying, and to think about all of the black people out there, and if they're sitting there and they're hearing this, just how disgusting it is when you have a room full of white men saying, no, we want to keep slavery and involuntary servitude. Like, not even thinking about how that's going to make them feel. Uh, welcome back to Abolition Today, abolitiontoday.org with Max Park, this is Yusuf Hassan, and Curtis Davis in with us Uh who wants to go first, Max or Curtis?
7: Go ahead, Curtis. Really, Max, man, every
5: time I hear, and and, and uh, Representative Knox is a champion to me now because he said some things that are hard to say in a state of um, like Louisiana. I know that people realize right. that racism still exists, but they don't understand that just because they're smiling at us and not calling us the N-word does not make them not marginalize us through policies and uh, racial laws that make sure that our group doesn't have a unity or an identity that can help us move forward. What Rep- Representative Knox was able to do is challenge his colleagues to be those righteous people that he claimed that they might be, or those good people that he claimed that they might be. But in my personal experience, have not been. Louisiana is the last stronghold of the American Confederacy. Imagine had they not torn down Saddam Hussein statues after they um, so-called liberated Iraq we've had um, Confederate flags and Confederate monuments in schools in the state of Louisiana since 1865 when they so-called lost the war. Nobody was tearing down monuments because they didn't actually lose anything. Every textbook that has been written for the educational system in the state of Louisiana were written by an organization called the Daughters of the Confederacy. We have been taught to be slaves. We have been taught to accept the everyday status quo of how we're being treated, marginalized, broke, impoverished. Um, We have chemical refineries in every neighborhood that's black-owned in the state of Louisiana. We don't understand environmental justice. We don't understand how this slave code affects every aspect of black life, And racial equity. So that's um, the best that I can explain it. Max, you have a better language than me. Could you please tell them what
7: I'm trying to say? Um, It is critical right now, this fight we're in, with Louisiana at the front lines of this paradigm shift from legalized slavery to slavery being finally abolished. And fulfilling the dreams of the ancestors who gave everything they had to see us do this today. Um, We have to do everything we can to get this done. And there's some things he said in his testimony. God bless Representative Knox. He said that he believes that these are good and decent people who are effectively justifying crimes against humanity. That they are rationalizing atrocities, not only nationally, but in the state itself, and reflectively because they're getting away with it, influencing global politics along the same lines, that this is Mm -hmm. okay for us to do. Um, And he said that the reason they're doing that is because they don't care about that 35% and what it means to them. It just doesn't matter to them. They have no empathy whatsoever. And, and when you're saying that a person has no conscience, that they're just doing things without taking any responsibility for it for the sake of maintaining power, that's called being a sociopath. A sociopath. Yeah. So you're uh, you're evidenting sociopathic behavior with the argument you're making in the halls of politics and justice. That's what I got to say about that. Hopefully that was what you was looking for, Brother Curtis. Damn,
6: drop the mic on him, Max. Drop the mic on him.
7: (laughs) So we have
8: tomorrow
5: to decide on how this is going to go. We now have the Louisiana Black Caucus on our side. They have decided that they're going to actually call them out on who they are if they don't do what they're supposed to do. So um, let's see how this goes. Let's pray, but we have to do work after prayer. Remember that. Yes. There's always work after prayer. So um, wish us the best of luck, y'all. And I'm going to leave the um, the show with Yusuf and Max. Thank you for always allowing me the opportunity to be on the show. And um, take a look at what's going on on the live floor debate because our Black Caucus finally decided that they're going to stand up on the issue.
7: Well, you know, it's our intentions to use our platform here today to influence tomorrow's hearings. We're pretty sure they listened to us. She-ball damn near quoted us verbatim. (laughs) Right. All right. Peace, Brother Curtis. Thanks for being here.
5: Thank you. Thanks, brother. All
7: right. Uh, Peace. Follow. Peace. Follow my social media page at Max Parthas on Facebook, and I'll likely have the hearing up as it's going live, so you can listen to it. Um, let's go ahead and get into the next part. I didn't even uh, catch the time. I, Do you know the time of the hearing, Max? Um, no. I don't know what time they'll hear, Two Uh There's been days where I've listened to these hearings, and I've sat there waiting eight hours, like in California. But, three but days, they're starting at 9 a.m.? Yes, I believe they're starting at okay. nine, uh, nine. Nine a.m. Central, I believe that is Central, right. Yes, nine a.m. Central. Okay. I'll find a way. I'll be. Day. I'll Oh, you
6: know, I'll be in meetings at work, but I'm gonna still have my headphones <laughs> on, tuning
7: in. And you, for our listeners, you know, we'll be here to report on it. All right, let's go into part seven uh, with Representative Jordan and Representative Muscarello. This is the first time you'll hear from him And this is regarding HV211 The slavery abolition bill In Louisiana And it was heard on the in the May 9th committee uh, In Baton Rouge In the Abolition Today org with Max Barthas And Yusuf Hassan And if you're pissed off, that's okay So are we, we'll be right back after this Abolition, Abolition Today. Today.
9: And Representative Muscarello Today. Thank you Mr. Chairman <clears throat>
17: Last year we had the same bill, and there were some issues with the bill. And we clear. Well, I thought we added clarity and we cleared it up, and we had an amendment, and everybody voted for it, and it came out of committee. What I'm hearing today is is that the bill is not clear, and people have some concerns about it. Why wouldn't we clear it up and just add the Tennessee amendment?
11: The amendment actually confused it. It didn't add clarity. Well, and that so, was that was and that was the that was the issue.
17: But we worked together and did what we thought was right, and, and everybody had a moment where we got together and we clarified a bill that we thought we were getting out good. Why wouldn't we do the same thing and model the Tennessee model? What, well, what would be the harm in that?
11: It, I, think, I think it is the harm in it is is not necessarily – let me say from my perspective. I think the cleanest version of this is what we have, is what Alabama has done. I think that's the cleanest version of it where there's no confusion and there's a very definitive statement on it. Um, so that answers, that, answers that, that portion of the question.
17: Excuse so you, Wait, so you think that by adding the Tennessee language hurts the bill?
11: I'm not telling you it hurts the bill, but it's not the clearest form of the bill. Can you and tell
17: me why you think that way?
11: Because I think when we just say a very, look, we already have it in that. We make a statement that slavery and involuntary servitude are prohibited. That's just a very clear statement. Well, I understand, but
17: I'm listening to the debate, and everybody's talking in circles. That's my opinion. I mean, both sides are talking in circles. And as an attorney, and my fellow attorney, as you are, we like to make things where you don't have any gray area we try and make things as solid as possible and i I don't understand why in in this committee we can't do that and and so i mean if to me if if the message can be sent which i'm all for and everybody's clear on it why not do it the tennessee model
11: here's what i would say to that and and i'm not telling you necessarily that um that that's not something we could talk about okay but but what i would tell you is this I think just as I heard this long discussion on Representative Miguez's vote before us, and I didn't hear the the votes that Representative Knox spoke on yesterday because I I wasn't in committee for that, Um, but what I would tell you is this. If we're looking at the ballot language, the ballot language we've settled, I think same thing, Representative Miller told uh, Representative Jefferson as it related, or, or Representative Jenkins as it related to, to Representative Miguez's bill. Uh, you know, we've been talking about these unintended consequences, and I guess that's part of why I'm confused because I just heard him say, "Well, all these unintended consequences, we can deal with the bill on the floor."
17: Well, let's do it. I mean, if you well, let, me let me just stop this
10: discussion for a moment. Uh, on representative Miguez 's bill, we were here for ballot language in a six point a report. This is the originating uh, committee of jurisdiction for so we talk about the language of the bill completely here, so I just want to make sure everybody is clear that we have we wear two different hats depending on where the bill originates so I just want to make every, make everybody clear about that so uh, and
11: no, and i'm not i 'm not trying to let me be clear i 'm not trying to say that for that point the The point is if there are other issues that we can deal with uh, on the way to the floor, let's let's deal with those issues.
10: Well, in the difference between the bills like Representative Miguez here uh, and this one, this is the committee of origin. This is where we deal I, deal with the I'm issues. Not, so. I'm not, and, and,
11: and I'm not saying that it's not. Let me not and I'm not trying to say that. What I am trying to say is in the same light, though, it doesn't prevent us from working on something on the way to the floor That's and, all
10: and if, if 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 we if we work on something here and then we find something else on the floor we we always can work on a floor, but if we see something here, we need to try to work on it here when we see the uh see the issues so I just want to make sure that everybody's clear on that, but I appreciate all right, that thank you all and right' and I uh, don't want to
17: create confusion I sure.
10: understand. All right. Uh I'm sorry about that interruption. Uh But
17: no, that's okay. And, and I'm I'm through. I just I just want to make sure that look, Representative Knox well said, but we're not here to be divided. We're here to get things accomplished. And I you know, I don't want to have that kind of divisiveness in this, in this committee and and look, we've all worked to do what's best for the state of Louisiana. So I would appreciate and I trust your word that if we can resolve this and clarify it and make it better for everybody, Let's try and do it. Thank you. Thank you.
10: Thank you. Representative Musgrill.
17: Abolition. Abolition. Today. Abolition.
6: Aboludation. Well we're back to abolition today. Abolitiontoday.org. I just wanna remind everyone that's listening online. At the top of the hour, at nine PM or whatever area code that you're in, at the top of the at the uh top of the hour, the stream online will cut off. So if you want to continue, you have to dial in 515-605-9814. That's 515-605-9814. So you can hear the rest of the show. That's beyond our control. We couldn't do anything about it, you know, so you're just going to have to call in to catch the rest of it. So we apologize for that, but please call in 515-605-9814. And in that section, you just heard Nicholas Muscarello, he's out of the eighty sixth district uh a Republican, of course, and he added another twist into this uh this mix
7: Max mhm. they knew what they were doing from the very beginning. remember the very first clip we heard we got exceptions for you. They got a menu right. of exceptions, and it right. really is them. Just saying over and over again, we want a loophole. We've always had this loophole. What are we going to do without a loophole? We need a loophole so you guys can be forced as uh, like cattle to do what we tell you to do, that you can't have no excuses, that we can have crimes against humanity here in America, and particularly in Louisiana, (sighs) despite what the rest of the world thinks. Um, it, it's just shameful. I, I understand Representative Knox saying he's embarrassed to hear this hot garbage coming out of these people's mouths. Right. You know? and, right. And Jordan was clear. Let's go the route of Alabama. Alabama has no exceptions. Slavery and involuntary servitude are forever prohibited. End of conversation. What are you doing that Alabama ain't doing? That you you just can't change this or take it out? Uh, and, you know, they keep now they're pointing to the Tennessee box. Let's go Tennessee. Let's do what Tennessee did. <laughs> so what did Tennessee do? And let's put it right. in context. Remember, right. the argument, we have to concede that slavery is abolished, that all they have is involuntary servitude. That's the only thing they have. So they want to mm-hmm. put this exception in that Tennessee used. But Tennessee only still had slavery and involuntary servitude. It wasn't just involuntary servitude. And what they put in there says nothing in this section shall prohibit an inmate from working when the inmate has been duly convicted of a crime. Now, if all you're approaching is involuntary servitude, then that negates what you're doing. You're saying, well, we're going to get rid of it, except here where we're not going to get rid of it.
6: Right, our issue in North Carolina.
7: you got 60 seconds to call in. If you have not called in, the number is 515-605-9814, less than a minute, uh, so you can hear the rest of this powerful conversation, and it is a must-hear episode. Uh, Yusuf, I'll go ahead to you, and if you have any commentary. If not, we'll go ahead and take our last music break before we finish up what we got tonight.
6: Yeah, let's take a break. We see some people joining the call five one five six zero five nine eight one four. Hey, that's my mom. Hey, Ma. Hey, mom.
8: <laughs> <laughs>
6: so she just checked in on the line, you know. So she wants to hear it too.
7: All right. So yeah, awesome. let's
6: let's go ahead with the music break. All
7: right, we're going to take a music break. Uh This is Corporate America by Jay Shizor, and it's featuring my Honorable Louis Farrakhan and. Malcolm X. You're listening to Abolition Today, abolitiontoday.org. We'll be right back after this. Abolition. 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 Abolition.
12: Listen
0: to the words of the 13th
3: Amendment. Neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as a punishment for crime. Whereof the party shall have been duly convicted shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. This means that you are only a citizen if you are not convicted. But once you are convicted, they have the right to make you an involuntary servant or a slave now let's see how that's being done welcome to <laughs> the uh,
19: united states a corporate motherfucking america credential smith barney merrill lynch bristol Mars, may tag craft master dupont mci sbc what's When they declare the war on drugs, my nigga they declare war on us. Drug offenders mean more prisoners, and more prisoners mean more prisons built. More wood, more concrete, and iron. More trucks, more gas, more iron. Framers, plumbers, electricians, consultants, advisors, technicians. More guards, more guns. Pass more laws to so lock up more niggas and that's more funds now they gotta hire more ones more handcuffs silly clubs and stun guns see more calls more cbs and sirens most drug offenders is non-violent it's all corporate the state ain't the owner this prison's brought to you by tom Warner.
20: reverse agreement with the united states in right. terms of what they export and where it comes from but the mere fact that they say that this
1: the tariff um, act of 1930 that said that we're not allowed to accept prison labor produced goods, you know, um, imported into the country
20: means, it should mean that you don't think it's right. And if you don't think it's right, then you need to look in your own backyard and see what you're doing. Somebody
19: got to drive the buses out to the sticks. Somebody got to make the ink for fingerprints. So these companies, they donate to candidates. Cash for the ones that's tough on crime in A state. More arrests equal more votes. Pass more laws that hurt more Latin, black, and folk. Then cut money for education so they can spend more on incarceration. The company that fed your kids at lunchtime now feed them one they grown locked on the child line. About a half a million jail for drug charges. It was only 50 down before Reagan took office. Then he sold guns for dope to the Contras. And crack rock exploded in Oakland and Compton. More niggas locked up as expected. This prison's brought to use by General Electric.
20: It just seems like they're, they're taking advantage because the mere fact that they don't have overhead in terms of insurance and workers' costs and all these other things, you're, having, you're getting all these benefits as a result of having the labor. Um, and if you want to say, okay, we're, we're training them, we're giving them a skill, we're giving back, it would be one thing. But if you're paying someone $0.17 cents an hour, that is penis.
19: It should come a, a new slave workforce. Just lock these niggas up and make them work for us and they like to rap about it that'll work for us market them niggas help enslave a new workforce dope and guns guns and dope keep them high no hope broke, and in and out of code it's all profit from the dope to the locksmith machine so big jesus christ couldn't stop it it's a parable see the pharaoh the president and jesus came back they label him a terrorist I ain't religious, but I read the scriptures. From what I read, Jesus would have been banging for us niggas in their stage. And all poor folk on the street, they can lock me up, but the Lord forgive me for the hustle, because niggas just on some feed, they get shit, living in the system brought to you by big business.
21: Once you change your philosophy, you change your thought pattern. Once you change your thought pattern, you change your, your attitude. Once you change your attitude, it changes your behavior pattern. And then you go on into some
0: action.
6: Abolition. Abolition, Today. Abolition, Today. Abolition, Today. Abolition, Welcome back to Abolition Today, abolitiontoday.org. You just heard Corporate America by our guy, Chase Skizzer. That's my warm-up track for every episode. And it was featuring the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and Malcolm X. And he's naming names in the track. I always, That's what I love about the track. If people are ever confused about when we talk about how... Big businesses involved in the prison system, he lays it out in the track. You know, how there are just so many companies making money off of the prison system. There's been in-depth report reports behind it. So welcome back. Welcome to those who are calling in for the first time. There's some that may have just called in for the first time. They wanted to hear the rest of the show. So welcome, you know, uh, on the phone line. Hope you continue to call in on the phone line.
7: Max? Yes, this prison industry is a um, economic development program. Could you imagine how Louisiana would survive without its jails and the parishes and Angola prison and other prisons like it? We're talking about a prison the size of Manhattan Island, eighteen thousand square meters, right? Square miles, right? Eighteen thousand, with an entire economy square acres acres with entire economy and uh you know different jobs and positions and land it's just incredible they wouldn't be able to survive without it and they're afraid of stuff like that but damn it slavery's legal and it needs to be made illegal and you need to stop arguing in favor of it how can you in any good conscience stand up in the people's house and talk about how you want to keep this legal when it's illegal everywhere If it was about rape or murder or apartheid, people would be like, you know, pitchforks and and, and, and knives and torches up at the Capitol. But when it comes to slavery and involuntary servitude, it's like, well, we're a little too busy today. So I'm glad that organizations like the Louisiana Black Caucus has decided to get on board fully because they should be on board fully. Uh, this right. should be the top priority People shouldn't even be getting elected Unless they have something to say about this Because it is literally crimes against humanity Let's go ahead and see if we got any questions or comments If you have a question or comment Just press one on your keypad so that we know you do And that will put you in queue um, Otherwise we'll just keep it moving With the clips tonight Alright This is definitely nice. keep it moving. Welcome to the other side <laughs> Where we are no yeah, right. more, you know what I mean.
6: Abolition uh, this today, time, after all, after dark,
7: <laughs> right? And we won't. It's only the second time we did this. This is why, and you were really seen after these two hours. This is why it's so important. People need to hear this. They need to know that this is the conversation that is being had. Let's not have it in darkness. Let's put it in the light of day and let the entire world listen on. All right, we're going to go into re- uh, part eight with Representative Georgian jordan uh representative gara fallow and it's on hb 211 the may 9th committee in baton rouge louisiana and tomorrow we'll have the committee hearing from the full house you're listening to abolition today abolition we'll be right back after this abolition Abolition. today we're going to get
10: a couple more uh members who have not spoken uh and then i want to hear from uh some people who want who came here who want to speak on the bill uh, Representative Wilford Carter. I
14: have to wait, Mr. Chairman. You, okay. I can wait. All right.
22: Uh, Representative Garofalo. Hello. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Representative Jordan, you and I talked about this bill a little bit. Um, in concept, um, I'm with you on the issue. I, I do think this needs to be clarified. I, I do think, I agree we need to make a statement. But after hearing some of the questions today, I, I guess I'm curious legally, um, your intent, your stated intent, is to remove the language in the Constitution, be very clear that slavery and involuntary servitude, two different issues, I think you would agree, are prohibited in the state of Louisiana, correct? Not both of them, but yeah, I, I understand, I understand your point. Because, I mean, basically the way the, the, the bill is worded right now, it says slavery and involuntary Servitude are prohibited.
11: That would be that's the intent.
22: Okay Um, And have I heard you answer some questions today That you believe that involuntary servitude is not what we're doing in our corrections system Correct, so what's your authority for that? Did I miss it? Did you state it? Historically, I mean if you look at the
11: historical
22: I'm sorry, let me let me be clear what in the law would allow us to sentence someone to hard labor, or labor in general? The criminal code does that. The criminal, that, the, In what's the authority? I'm not a criminal attorney, I'm sorry. No, I'm saying uh,
11: the criminal code clearly establishes that.
22: Which says we can sentence them to hard labor. But then, what is there a conflict then, if we pass this bill, and the Constitution says no involuntary no, servitude? Because,
11: because again, hard labor, hard labor is... I think people are confused. Hard labor is a place. Hard labor is is where you go. If you go hard labor, you you're, you 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 sent to a state correctional facility. With or without hard labor means you can be sent to a state correctional facility or a parish prison. Again, the truth of the matter is seventy percent of the people who are sentenced at hard labor are in parish prisons, which I, would be I heard, without hard labor. I heard
22: that so testimony, not, but the thirty percent that are sentenced. Well, to a state correctional facility that are ostensibly supposed to be working to whatever they do. Can this constitutional provision, if we allow this amendment to to pass, be interpreted to say that the correctional facilities are not allowed to have the inmates work? Is that what you're trying to do?
11: To say that they're not allowed to work? Correct. No, that's not what I'm trying to
22: do. Because uh, my concern is the, the, the deterrence factor in our penal system. And I want to make sure that we're not doing anything in this bill that would impact that deterrent from being there for our criminals that are um, taking advantage of our citizens that, right now. So it, I, that's not your intent, correct? What it's a, not my oh intent. My God! And you don't believe, as the bill sits, that there will be more lawsuits claiming that should someone be in a correctional facility and that correctional facility, I mean, I, the chain gangs, I, the, I know that's all in the let past. Me, let me say
11: this, because I don't want to be accused of being
22: disingenuous.
11: I can't tell you that somebody's not going to file a lawsuit. People file lawsuits for whatever reason that they want to file lawsuits for. That's not my, uh, so, so that's not what I'm going to tell you. What I'm going to tell you is if they file a lawsuit, there, I don't think, in my opinion, uh, and this is not legal advice. Let's give that sure. clarification. <laughs> I'm used to that statement but, very but, well. But in my opinion, that they would have a uh, a good case. To going back to Rep. Johnson's question of whether somebody would have a good cause or would they would they have a, a claim? I, look, people file losses for a host of reasons. And so, I'm not, so I want to be very clear about that. I'm not telling people would not file lawsuits. I don't think it would be a successful or viable
22: one. No. Well, and that's the reason for this line of questioning is because I want to make sure that we, we have the legislative intent on record. Um, and I want to make sure that it's not your intent to interfere with our correctional system's ability to uh, rehabilitate or to um, for us to have a deterrence factor in our legal system. This I've said it several times today and over the
11: past two sessions before this. So for the third session, I'm telling you
22: what the intent is. And then getting back to Representative Muscarello's question, you wouldn't want to clarify this to state that? Let me say it like this. I'd prefer not
11: to only because I know the confusion that amendments brought in the past. Um, and we're doing this on the fly like we did last time i'm I'm hesitant to do this in committee without actually looking at it, so i prefer not to well um, and you, but but, and I think I don't think it's the clearest intent, and that's not to my friend representative Muscarella, that's not me talking in circles. I think I've been fairly consistent in in saying why that is
22: sure and and I understand that i remember the discussion from last year very well. But again my concern is that we're going to set up something that is going to interfere with the legal the correction system's ability to impose a sentence of hard labor and I understand what you're saying about that just determines where they go but the fact is that it's still a quote unquote hard labor sentence and I don't want to I just want to make sure that we're not doing anything that's going to interfere with that and without some additional language in in here uh, involuntary servitude could be interpreted as saying no hard labor anymore.
11: Well, look, I don't. Again, that's not the intent. So let me not just let me not say what somebody's not going to try to do. But that being said, um, Representative Gal I I think I can say for the record, you and I, not only working on 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 this bill, we're working on others, and and we've seemed to work well together this session in trying to get some things accomplished. And so uh, I would ask for your support on this getting out of committee, and I will commit to you as much as I've worked with you on other issues. I'll commit to having that same amount of energy toward making sure we
22: get this right. Okay. uh, Let's listen to the rest of the the, the questioning and answering and and see how that goes. And I, I appreciate your candor, and I appreciate what you're trying to do, Representative Jordan, and hopefully we'll be able to move forward with something that will help correct the problem that you're trying to correct. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you Representative Garofalo Uh, Abolition
10: Abolition
0: Abolition
6: Abolition So you just heard an exchange Between Representative Edmund Jordan And Representative Raymond Garofalo Of the 103rd District He's a Republican Garofalo Jr. I should say 103rd District And there's this word that pops up in there And he says intent And the reason I think this is one of the most important sections is because now they're thinking about lawsuits that come along later on because now he's making Edmund Jordan clarify what his exact intent is. So if he gets him to state, well, this was my intent, they can't be lawsuits later on saying something else. And I always reference this case, Oh, by the way, welcome back to Abolition Today, abolitiontoday.org with Max Parthas and Yusuf Hassan. I refer to Holt versus Sauver a lot. It's a 1970 case. And in that case, you know, the, the court ruled, it said, uh, when Congress submitted the 13th Amendment to the states, it must have been aware of the generally accepted convict labor practice and policies and practices. And the court is persuaded that the amendment's exception manifested a congressional intent not to reach such policies and practices so now that he's made him clarify so if they want to argue later on anything to say okay yes we got rid of slavery and involuntary servitude but now you still have this forced labor and in essence that's still involuntary servitude now he has Edmund Jordan on record saying well no that's not my intent and so now, it's basically killed off any future uh, lawsuits, Max. Max, you still with me?
7: Hey, can you hear me now? Yeah, I hear you. Hello? Oh, okay. Yes, uh, I hear yeah, you. Yeah, there, there was a lot being said in there, again, arguing to keep a crime going, uh, you know, right. we're talking about – uh, where in the law can we do this? Because we still want to do this thing. And if you change the right. constitution, then we won't be able to do it because if the, unconstit- if the law is unconstitutional, it's not going to pass. And they know that. It's likely to cause a lot of ripple effects. But when you're ending crimes against humanity, expect some ripple effects. Deal with it. Because that's what we're dealing right. with right now. You know? Uh, and again, like you said, intent. They didn't bring any intent from discussions in the Senate about having these exception clauses. Why did you put that in there? What was the intent of the people who said, in the latter case? But what was their intent? Mm-hmm. I'd like to know. But now you are right. intent on the record, right? So you don't right. have false narratives, red herrings, all of this so you can keep that forced labor. Again, we don't want to end – inmates being able to work. We want to end the crime, which is involuntary servitude, forced labor. Any human being on earth should have the opportunity to say to their, uh, when they're being forced to work, not today, enslaver, for whatever reason. Not Not today, enslaver, I don't need your money. But most of them need your money. Man, it's just so frustrating. They've got fear of an enslaved person's lawsuit going on. They're afraid that these people who have suffered at their hands are going to sue them, or somehow they're going to lose the cash cows that they have on, which makes so many donations to candidates' campaigns. Um, yeah, it's just it's shameful for to even hear them say out loud, "Are you trying to stop us from imposing sentences?" of hard labor and talking about a deterrence factor for our criminals. How is forced labor a deterrence factor? The, the incarceration is the deterrent factor, right? You, you're going to go to jail. You're going to go to prison. That's the deterrent factor. How are you adding on this extra stuff on there, talking about our criminals? Joe, <laughs> Yo, you might have heard me say out loud, WTF when that came on because I was like what the oh man <laughs> right like, and, and it's so subtle some
6: of this stuff is just so
7: subtle man hey, but yes yeah,
6: that's what reach, he said
7: just if I was in the audience I would have a high possibility of powder slapping his ass for saying something like that like what what is wrong with you <laughs> But we know what's wrong with them. It's been explained already. They don't give a damn about us. Right. Bottom right. line. So if, if you got a question or comment, just press one on keypad. Uh until then we'll just keep it moving. We know a lot of people call in just to listen and uh we appreciate your support. All right, um anything else on part eight? No. Damn, that was just part eight. <laughs> oh, yeah. <God>. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, welcome to my world, you know? This is what I do on the regular. Listen to, I have to listen to all these hearings every year, and it just blows my mind. And I thought being the deep dark south, the last stranglehold of the Confederate, where it's critical that we win and Louisiana not become the laughing stock of the entire world again for another year, that y'all need to hear this. You need to hear what right. decisions are being made, what, what they think, and what arguments are being made because this is out of this world. Uh, it's 1850 in 2023. Like somebody forgot to change the damn clock. All right. So let's go ahead into part nine with Representative Jefferson, Representative Jordan, and Representative Miller. Uh, this is a hearing from May 9th in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, at the Capitol uh, regarding HB 211, the slavery abolition bill. You're listening to Abolition Today, today.org We'll be right back after this.
10: Abolition. Right. Abolition.
7: Um, Abolition. 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 You know,
10: Abolition. staff is working on an amendment. I know you pre- that's what you prefer not to, so we'll see what the amendment seen says.
11: It already.
10: And I, I think one of the concerns is the, the issues that brought up about the hard labor uh, as a punishment for a crime uh, and, and the unintended consequences, however, I think uh, members also are keeping in mind that they do not want to have the confusion of of what uh, advocates for or against uh, said was involved with the language of the bill last year. Uh, so uh, we're just waiting on that.
4: Well, while they're waiting, Mr. Sure. Chairman, Go let, ahead. let me bite a little bit. Um, Is that the only, and maybe judge can kind of help as well, part of the Constitution that courts um, look to to allow individuals who are incarcerated to work? Is that the only, I know it can't be the only place that, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Right, right. That seems to be the the, the, I will tell you, Uh, and, and look, I don't.
11: I haven't practiced criminal law for 25 years, but in my in my practice, I've never seen a judge go to the yeah. Constitution when he's sentencing somebody to say what he's going to do. It's it's all in the it's all statutorily in the code,
4: and, and I guess that's my concern because I I do practice it, and I've never heard they, it they as never, well. They never gone to the Constitution to say that. Yeah. You know. So, and I I do, again, you're a man of integrity, a man of your word, and a man with passion and power as it relates to uh, your convictions and beliefs. Uh, I know that your commitment is that that is not your intention, you know. uh, But we're just trying to turn a uh, corner, if you will, you know, in in so many different ways. But I, I just wanted to see if, you know, in... Champion this cause. If you've heard from anyone, that's the only place that uh, you know we refer to it, and it's allowed. Uh, because I've not heard it. I,
11: I I haven't. And again, Judge Court, I know served on the bench for several years. He probably best to answer that. But I I've never seen a judge go to the Constitution when he's sentencing somebody. Thank not you, that me. article
10: of the Constitution. Yes. Thank you so much, Miss Chairman. Thank you, Representative Jefferson. I mean, you would concede that if 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 someone was representing uh, someone who had been sentenced to prison and they were being asked to perform uncompensated labor, uh, that they, they, they could conceivably say, look, it says involuntary servitude is prohibited. And unlike prior, if, prior to the adoption of the uh, the constitutional amendment to remove the exception, uh you can say there is no exception for involuntary servitude, so they could say, Hey, look and and you know it seems to me they would make a pretty good case to say that look, there are no more exceptions to involuntary servitude, and I cannot be forced against my will to perform uh you know uncompensated labor
11: so the question is, could I conceive it? I could conceive it but but not any more than I could conceive it today. I think I think you know, uh, people make arguments of harsh conditions of prison and and in fact, have made arguments to the federal court and been successful in some of the cases in, uh, in Angola as to as it relates to uh, cruel and unusual and cruel and unusual punishment. So I mean those those arguments are there today. So I, I yeah, is it conceivable? But not any more conceivable than it is right now.
10: Well, it seems to me that you know I I, I do see, and that was a concern last year why why members proposed and this committee adopted the amendment uh, to to the provision. Now and then it got through the floor, went through the Senate committee, got through the Senate. And it was only after it was all the way through the process did people start saying, hey, wait a minute. You know, I mean, this is, you know, and validly or invalidly, people said they had concerns. So that's why uh, a lot of people said don't vote for the amendment, and it was rejected by the voters. So we're we're trying to take a, a second swing at it. But also, I think we still have people who have concerns about that aspect of it, and you know and I know some you you've expressed your opinion that they should not and and based on it's not your intent, but you know when a court's going to be looking at it if somebody files uh, files a, a lawsuit saying, hey I you cannot do this to me and next thing you know it's in the courts and it's going to be it's going to be decided eventually by the Louisiana Supreme Court. And they're going to look at the, the the plain language of the amendment. So what I would say, uh, well, no, go ahead. I say Representative Jefferson has this. Uh, Representative Jefferson.
4: Yes, sir. But with also they look at legislative intent when they factor that in as well in adjudicating, uh coming up with, because, again, and I, I have to uh commend Representative Jordan because it's easy to Sit at that table and say, "Oh no, I can't conceive uh, that that would be a possibility of a lawsuit." But as you know, we live in a litigious society, right? So anything can be litigated. But wouldn't they also look at legislative intent? And I think he's been very clear as far as the intent. I, as something I, comes, you know, from- I'm not sure.
10: I'm not sure if if they're gonna if they're gonna go that far. If it's the if the plain language is clear that there is no exception so with that i i'm gonna go ahead uh, uh, all right and i'm think we i'm gonna make a substitute we have a motion to report we have not i don't believe that that motion at this point in time is in order uh and to which there was an objection, so I really don't think the objection is needed. Uh, but just to be safe, because uh, we still haven't heard from all of the uh, people who want to testify, um, so I'm going to make a substitute motion uh, for an amendment to the bill. And um, and so, Miss Purtle, could you go over the the amendment?
12: Uh, yes, Mr. Chairman. Amendment one is technical to the title. Amendment two changes the; uh, it adds language on the end of at the end, on page one at the end of line 17, stating the prohibition of involuntary servitude shall not prohibit an inmate from being required to work when the inmate has been duly convicted of a crime. Um, amendment three deletes the previously adopted amendment set. And Amendment 4 changes the ballot language to say, do you support an amendment to prohibit involuntary servitude while not prohibiting an inmate from being required to work when the inmate has been duly convicted of a crime? Amend Article 1, Section 3.
10: So, thank you, Ms. Pertle. So, the the issue is we want to make sure that the prohibition of involuntary servitude does not prohibit an inmate from being required to work. When the inmate has been duly convicted of a crime, I'll be glad to answer any questions on that amendment. Abolition.
0: Abolition. Abolition.
6: Abolition. 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 Gee. Welcome back to Abolition Today, abolitiontoday.org. You just heard Representative Patrick Jefferson of the 11th District. He's a Democrat. Representative Gregory Miller out of the 56th District. He's a Republican. And, again, intent comes out of it. And just more confusing the issue. And then that amendment itself that they want to add to the amendment, the amendment Mm -hmm. to the amendment to the amendment. Now I think that's where we are, right? The amendment to the amendment to the amendment.
7: They had three choices and they settled on one that they wrote themselves, which made it even more impossible for anybody to challenge the badges and incidents of slavery after this has passed, uh, literally they are trying to turn it into a toothless act of symbolism to placate the blacks that everybody are com- uh, uh, talking about are so upset. This is their intention. Right. I mean, we're talking about crimes against humanity that are codified in constitutions, in the, not only in the federal constitution. But the state of Louisiana has compounded it by adding their own exception, like 25 states have done since the uh, original. And if it was forced sterilization, we would know that we wouldn't want that in our Constitution, although that's been done in the prisons. If it was euthanization – we would know that these are crimes against humanity. We don't want that in our Constitution, and euthanization right. has been practiced in this state. But when we talk about slavery and involuntary servitude, suddenly there seems to be a line drawn. we got we got to keep this. We need that here. We need that involuntary servitude, and we want to be clear that your intent is you're not going to touch our prison systems, right? That's what we, you, you Say it out loud, Negro. So that's, what you're you're it. That, that's what you're hearing. That's what you're hearing from them right so that they can quote him later when the lawsuits start piling up for people for from people who have suffered at their hands this is outrageous man and i also have to recognize that i need to concede defeat that's what i'm gonna to have to do because there's no way in hell i'm getting all these clips in tonight so what i'm gonna end up doing is skipping forward some uh It's a lot more of the same as well as arguments uh, in favor of getting this done. Uh, You'll hear or you should listen to it in its entirety. It's available on our website so you can hear the remaining arguments. But I think I'm just going to skip ahead to roll call, and you'll be able to hear that. And then I think I'll handpick one or two clips besides that before we call it a night this evening. Uh, I know I want to hear. Definitely
6: Maria Armin.
7: Yes, definitely want to hear Maria mm-hmm. Harmon. And we want to hear the final comments from Representative Jordan. So uh, we're going to go past uh, Representative Carter. We're going to go past Representative Nelson, Representative Jenkins, and go right into roll call. Uh, this is Part 14. Uh, Representative Jefferson speaking from the May Ninth Committee in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, on HB 211, the slavery abolition bill. If you listen to Abolition Today, we'll be right back after this. Abolition. Abolition. Uh, Abolition. Representative
10: Jefferson
4: on on the amendment? Yes, sir. As it relates to the amendment, um, are we going to, uh, I'm like Mr. Jenkins. Representative Carter has objected to the amendment.
10: Okay. Okay. So, all right. Well, um, let's go ahead and see if that amendment gets on. The motion is to adopt Amendment Set 2559 uh, by the Chairman, to which Representative Wilfred Carter has objected. Ms. Sanders, would you please call the roll?
23: Chairman Miller? Yes. Yes. Representative Amade? Representative Boyd? No. No. Representative Robbie Carter? Representative Wilfred Carter, no. No. Representative Eccles, yes. Yes. Representative Emerson, yes. Yes. Representative Freeman, yes. Yes. Representative Garofalo, yes. Yes. Representative Hodges, Representative Jefferson, no. No. Representative Jenkins, no. No. Representative Johnson, Yes. yes. Representative Knox, no. Representative McCormick, Representative Muscarello. Yes. Representative Nelson? No. No. Representative Seeball. Yes. Yes. Eight yes, six nays.
10: All right. That motion passes. Then, uh, next, we have Representative Muscarello's uh, amendment in concept, and if Ms. Perl could just tell us what that amendment is again. So, uh,
12: Members, this is an amendment in concept on page one, line 16. After R and before prohibited, insert forever.
10: All right, any objections to the adoption of that amendment? Seeing none, that amendment is adopted. Abolition.
0: Abolition. 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 Abolition.
6: So that was the roll call, and the first segment you heard them entering into the roll where it passed eight to six along party lines where basically the Republicans got their way, and then the second roll call Where there were no objections Where it changes the beginning Where it says slavery and involuntary servitude Are forever prohibited
7: (laughs) So, Uh, What you missed though uh, Without hearing all of the testimony Was in Mm -hmm. those earlier clips Many of the representatives Who would have voted for this Like uh, Representative Boyd Representative Jenkins Representative Mm Knox did vote, they voted no because they warned in detail that this is being shredded, that it's got nothing right. going for, and it's just a waste of everybody's time as is. And at the ASNM, we feel the same way. Like this is right. what they intended to do, to make this a useless effort, and they succeeded it. So you had people who had just said, it's, it's slavery, say it's slavery, and let's abolish it. Go, no, I'm not going to vote for this. Because you have just torn it up. It's not worth the paper it's written on anymore. Um, And we feel the same way. This exception to the exception, not only will it destroy the effort in Louisiana, it inspire other states like Texas to try the same tomfoolery and the same cunning garbage and hot garbage to do what they're doing in Louisiana in their states. Georgia, Texas, other southern states like that, South Carolina, North Carolina. No, we can't Virginia. support that Virginia, we can't yeah, support that So The, so,
6: the narrative we, is going to switch from Oh, let's follow Tennessee To now it's going to become Let's follow Louisiana
7: Louisiana, right Let's follow Louisiana So we're standing against this bill As is at this point We have two opportunities To try to remove this offensive Exception language That they just put in there um, And that is Tomorrow during the, uh, when the whole House is in session, and then during mm-hmm. the Senate committee. And we think we can accomplish that. And it's the only way we're going to support this bill is if that language is out of it. Because we're not playing these right. games with these slavers. You're not going to control the conversation. You're not going to control the narrative. You're not giving us any damn bones. And you can insert forever. How's that feel? Alright? Right. Like, you just doing it. like a Black bone, Lives Matter forever. being painted
6: on the ground.
7: <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's useless, and we're not having it. We are here to end these crimes against humanity. Get with the, the program, because we're not accepting this a- anymore. All right, so that was the roll call. It passed 8 to 6, as I said. I think we could have got more votes if we just, you know, addressed it in the right way. Uh, but because of these exception clauses, those people who would normally have said, yes, I'm behind this, said, no, I'm not getting involved in this stupidity because this is not what we ha- came here for. Right. All right. So we got 20 minutes. Let's go ahead and get into uh one other one. Definitely want to hear Maria Harmon. Uh, yeah, Maria sure. Harmon has really been there on every testimony to uh hold things down and bring it down to earth, historically speaking. Uh She is a descendant of slaves, uh, also of uh military vets, and she knows her history well, and she breaks down pretty much the sentiments that we all have right now after hearing this insanity. So let's go ahead and listen to Part 16 with Representative Miller and the testimony of Maria Harmon, uh, HB 211 May 9th Committee at Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, you're listening to Abolition Today, abolitiontoday.org. We'll be right back after this.
0: Abolition Abolition. Uh,
7: Abolition. Miss
10: Harmon. Yes. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. or afternoon. Afternoon now.
20: Yes. No,
10: it's still morning.
20: So okay. It seems long.
10: <laughs> it seems longer. Um, uh, just identify yourself and welcome to the committee.
20: Yes, sir. Uh, again, my name is Maria Harmon. I'm one of the co-founders and co-directors of Step Up Louisiana, and also a member, <laughs> board chair of Decarcerate Louisiana. Um, I mainly want to reflect on the historical perspective and intent for this bill. It's been challenging for myself to sit here and and watch the discourse. Um, I really have to thank Representative Knox for your statement. And again, thank you for your service to this country. Um, I am a child of a veteran. Uh, My father is Leonard Charles Harmon Sr. and he served for 20 years with the United States Air Force. He was drafted. Uh, He served from 1972 to 1992. And I'm lifting up my father because I have to reflect on his lineage to just bring in the historical context of what this reparative justice is going to do, this restorative justice act that's held in this bill. My third great-grandfather through my father's lineage was Charlie Bias. He was born in 1824. He was enslaved by John Lyons in St. Landry Parish. My third great-grandfather actually escaped. He ran to Baton Rouge, he joined the U.S. Colored Troops, and fought with the Union, and they defeated the Confederacy, which led to the Emancipation Proclamation. Though the 13th Amendment and Article I, Section 3 of the Louisiana State Constitution reflect that slavery and involuntary servitude is prohibited, except for the latter case of punishment of crime, I'm sitting here today to speak to the fact that Though my third-great-grandfather's work contributed to that happening, the job isn't done. We have to make a decision today, and I really hope those amendments don't prevail, because I really feel like it tarnishes the true intent of the law that was presented, because the vestiges of slavery still exist. My great-grandfather, Willie Abear Harmon, is buried across the street from John Lyons. The man that enslaved his great grandfather, right there on Broad Street in Lake Charles, Louisiana. John Lyons is buried in Orange Grove Cemetery. <clears throat> As a descendant of American chattel slavery, it is traumatizing to know the history that happened there, where my grandfather is buried, Charlie Hartman, off of Building Street in Lake Charles, the Methodist Church. Lion Street runs right by where he's buried and where my great aunt is buried. The vestiges of slavery still exist. We see reminders of this every day. To pass this bill and its true intent will bring solace to many of us in this room that are descendants of American child slavery. Okay? That's what this is about. This is historical rectification here to really bring this Constitution to the moral clarity that it needs to be deemed under. All of this mental gymnastics of how this impacts the criminal justice system is irrelevant. It's irrelevant, okay? Let's come together and actually pass this bill in its true form because Representative Jordan has done a heck of a job as a legislator to bring this forward for the third time. We're sitting here for the third time. Last year, I talked about my third great-grandmother, Mary Agatha Richardson-Babineau, who was enslaved by Augustine Guidry in St. Landry Parish. Her story is in the Library of Congress. She gave her accounts. She talked about how one of her uncles, after uh, we got to the point of being able to vote, that he was killed for voting because he voted Republican. Because remember, at that time, that was the party of uh, of slavery and for abolition. Somehow along that course of time, you know, the Republicans and Democrats changed their, their concepts. But I sit here and I know my family lineage. I know my history. And I should know that. And to hear and see all this discourse and mental gymnastics take place as a citizen and registered voter in Louisiana, on top of that, of the Senate of American Child Slavery, I'm disgusted. Because I see all of your humanity. Can we please pass this bill in its true form and let's pass this along so the voters can use their right? I would be proud to exercise my right this uh, this October or November or December, wherever that date falls, when that ballot question comes up, I would be proud to be able to say yes to vote to prohibit indentured servitude because I know I am sealing the deal On the work that my third great grandfather Charlie Bias did Okay That's all I have to say and thank you
0: Thank you so much for being here Abolition
20: Abolition Abolition.
6: Abolition. Welcome back to Abolition Today AbolitionToday.org You just heard Maria Harmon Giving powerful testimony At the HB 211 committee hearing And she really summed it up, the the feeling that many of us are feeling right now, you know, just disgusted behind what we've been hearing, this mental gymnastics, as she called it, just tossing it back and forth about dealing with everything except the issue itself, Max.
7: Like she said, let the people decide. Why are you blocking this from getting to the people? We got it to the people last year, and then you said there there was some confusion in the ballot language. But we were satisfied with the actual bill itself. It could have passed, and everybody would have been done. We would have been finished. don't matter what the damn ballot language said. It was the bill that mattered. But they screwed with the ballot language in order to scare people away from voting for that because we made it to the ballot. This year, we might have to flip it around. Unless they get this hot garbage out of there and we'll end up uh, being in opposition to the Black Caucus again. Because it was last year they were telling people not to vote. And this year, if they tell people to vote for this hot garbage, we'll be like, no, don't vote for it. Just walk away. Let Louisiana be the laughingstock of the world. Let everybody on earth know again. that Louisiana is pro-slavery. And they're going to do everything they can to keep slavery in this state, the last bastion of the Confederacy. You know, I ain't got nothing but a finger for them. And they can insert forever for these enslavers. Well, wow. Let's let's take this down with the final comments from Representative Closing Statements. And then we'll do our sponsors and get into our Bridging the Gap for the evening. Thank you. Yeah, get us out here because my day.
6: mom needs to go to bed, man. Thank <laughs> you for being I here. thank her for experience. definitely
5: staying up.
7: Yes, indeed. Thank you for being here with this extended broadcast. We believe it was important enough, and we hope that you agree. So let's get right into it with Representative Jordan's closing statements on the May ninth Committee over HB 211 in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We'll be right back.
0: Abolition. Abolition.
11: Representative Jordan. Abolition. 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 Uh, we've done this th- <laughs> three years now. I think this committee is where is I stand on this. Um, I can't say enough what, where my position is on this and what we're trying to do. I think, again, just to be clear, we're trying to change historical wrongs, but we're also trying to make sure that the future of Louisiana is safe and secure for, for all children. And I think, too, again, we we have a uh, at least 35% of our population that this directly affects. And... You know, it becomes exhausting, really, to to continue to, to, to come up here and try to express what the point is. Um, but regardless of the vote, I'm not going to be tired. I'll be here next year, and I'm sure my colleagues will be here as well uh, because that's what we do. And so uh, I've heard all of you. I understand what your position is. I'd ask that you pass this, but... Um, It is tiring.
10: Well, and I'll commit to uh, commit to continue to working with anybody on trying to improve ballot language, uh, as well as the actual bill itself. So, um, all right. With that, uh, Representative Jenkins, I know you had made a motion, but I'd I'd like to make the motion to report the bill. Oh, Representative Boyd, uh, you had made the motion. uh, Do you still want to make the motion to report with amendments? Okay, Representative Boyd is uh, moved to report House Bill 211 by Representative Jordan with amendments. Is there any objection? Seeing none, House Bill 211, uh, seeing no objections, House Bill 211 is reported with amendments. Thank you, members. And uh, motion to adjourn by Representative Eccles. Change, change it on
0: the floor.
10: We are here, seeing no objection, we are hereby adjourned. Thank you, members. Abolition.
0: Abolition. Today. Abolition.
6: Abolition. Abolition. Well, there you have it. HB 211. Uh, it's committee hearing on May 9th. 2023 it will go before the full house tomorrow so we will definitely be reporting back on that uh this coming week you know next week god willing we'll have reports on how that turned out and may even have uh some clips from that as well uh before i jump into the closing comments max i just got to commend you on going through that and chopping that up into that 20 parts that you know was a lot because it was about a Almost two hours altogether, that hearing. So just being able to chop that down, definitely appreciate that for you,
7: uh, yeah, from you, um, I should say. Thank you. Um, and thank you for hanging in there with me for this extended broadcast as well as with the listeners. You know, we don't do this for pay. We do this because we it needs to be done. Um, so, right. you know, I appreciate you uh, for dedicating your time and efforts into these efforts that we're making now. I believe we achieved our goal that the people that needed to hear this heard this, and it may have changed their mind about where we're at right now and what we're dealing with, uh, hopefully. Uh, and let's hope that tomorrow we're successful and we get that language out of there as well. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how that turns out. But who knows? They may move to date again. You know how they roll. It's all about right. Christian slavery in Louisiana and not being able to address the issues of Eighth Amendment violations, Sixth Amendment violations, and all the badges and incidents of slavery. All right, Yusuf. Uh, Go <sighs> ahead and give us our thanks to our sponsors who hang in there yeah, with us as Yeah, well. for real. We,
6: we, we, we definitely – big shout-out to Jailhouse Lawyers Speak, the I Am we Ubuntu Prison Advocacy Network, Sama Urge, Quakers Uplifting Racial Justice, the Paul Cuffy Abolitionist Center, Prismatic Dreams, and the Abolish Slavery National Network. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel, that's youtube.com slash abolitiontoday, and also our Facebook page, Abolition Today. All the news, information, and music you hear on this program. Follow us on Twitter, that's at Abolition Today, the number one. And Abolition Today is available on all major podcast platforms. Be sure to follow uh, the Abolish Slavery National Network as well. Uh, it's it's uh, at abolition nation on uh, Twitter. I believe that's it across all handles, yes. but it may be yeah. So it's at abolition nation on all uh, social media platforms. Also, remember to join the movement at abolishslavery.us to become part of the solution. You can also text in the exception to five two eight eight six and follow the prompts to send a signed petition on your behalf. Dear congressional rep in support of the 28th or the proposed 28th amendment to repeal and replace the exception clause to the 13th Amendment. Uh, do we have any announcements? Uh, I don't believe we have any announcements for this week. Uh, oh yes, be sure to tune in on Wednesdays. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern for Tales from the Plantation Nation. Uh, Uh, Hosted by Samuel and Nathaniel Brown Sam could definitely use the support over there Uh, We've had it on for two weeks Uh, He's had two episodes so far, I should say It's been really good content Uh, Just hearing from the Plantation Nation Those that are currently incarcerated or formerly incarcerated And we're pleased to have it here on our Abolition Today network And while bridging the gap This week we are doing an honor to, in honor of the May 19th birthday of el Malik El-Shabazz, formerly, more commonly known as Malcolm X. This is uh, Yusuf X, in fact. It's a compilation of segments of three of my favorite speeches by Malcolm X. One is the American Civil War. The other one is entitled Race War. And the third one is Stop Singing and Start Swinging. It's in company uh, with and followed by Bob Marley's War. We'll be back next Sunday, May 28th, God willing, with another master class on slavery abolition. So until next week, think about abolition today. Peace and blessings be upon you all. Peace. Abolition.
0: Peace. Abolition. Abolition.
6: Abolition. abolition.
24: The Civil War was also fought on this continent. Not to free the black slaves, that is commonly taught in the white man's school. But the Civil War was actually fought to preserve the Union, preserve this country, keep it intact for white people. It wasn't fought to set you free. It wasn't fought to give you some kind of emancipation. It wasn't fought to make you a citizen. It wasn't fought to give you civil rights. It wasn't fought because they respected you and loved you as a human being. It was fought out of greed. It was fought out of selfishness. It was fought to keep this country intact for their own white selves. In essence, this only means that the American white man fought the revolutionary war to get this country for himself. And he then fought the civil war to keep this country intact for himself. And today, he will now fight a race war to keep from having to share this white country on an equal basis with anyone else but his white self especially on an equal basis with his 20 million former slaves. So again, I ask, where will all of these demonstrations end? And who dares to say that our people are not justified by demonstrating their resentment over the injustice and mistreatment that our people have suffered these 400 years at the hands of this cruel, inhuman American white man? It's we have nothing to lose but our chains. We have nothing to lose but the hell we experience every day living here in these rat-filled slums. America is faced with her worst domestic crisis since the Civil War, or since the Revolutionary War. For America now faces a race war. A race war is worse than a Revolutionary War. A race war is worse than a civil war. A race war is a war in which no are abides. A race war is a war in which children are destroyed, in which children are mutilated, in which children face the same destructive wrath that grown-ups face. The race, a race war is the worst war that you can conceive. And this war, race war that is coming upon the head of the white man is something that he is bringing down upon himself. The entire country is on the verge of erupting into racial violence and bloodshed. Simply because 20 million ex-slaves are demanding freedom, justice, and equality here in America from their former slave masters, 20 million so-called Negroes, second-class citizens, seeking human dignity, seeking human rights, seeking the right to live in dignity as a human being. And rather than give genuine respect and recognition to your cry for human rights, the American white man answers your nonviolence with violence. He answers your prayers and your freedom songs with false promises, deceitful maneuvers, and outright bloodshed. According to what we are taught from the white man's textbooks and his school, the Revolutionary War and the Civil War, were two wars fought on American soil supposedly for freedom and democracy. But if these two wars were really for the freedom and human dignity of all men, why are 20 million of our people still confined here in America and enslaved by second-class citizenship? Something is wrong. The truth is that the Revolutionary War was fought on American soil to free the American white man from the English white man. The Revolutionary War was never fought to provide freedom and democracy in this white country for the black man. Our people remained slaves here in America even after the Declaration of Independence was signed. In fact, most of the white founding fathers who signed the Declaration of Independence were nothing but slave owners themselves. This sheer hypocrisy, sheer ignorance, in fantasy, and it is nothing but hypocrisy for the American white man to pretend that the Revolutionary War was truly a war of independence as long as 20 million black people here in America are denied the privileges of an independent people.
21: So today, though Islam is my religious philosophy, my political, economic, and social philosophy is black nationalism. As I say, if we bring up religion, we'll have differences, we'll have arguments, we'll never be able to get together, but if we keep our religion at home, keep our religion between ourselves and our God, but when we come out here, we have a fight that's common to all of us against the enemy who is common to all of us. Whether you are, whether you are a Christian or a Muslim or a nationalist, we all have the same problem. They don't hang you because you're a Baptist. They hang you you because you're black. They don't attack me because I'm a Muslim. They attack me because I'm black. They attack all of us for the same reason. All of us catch hell from the same enemy. We're all in the same bag, in the same boat. We suffer political oppression, economic exploitation, and social degradation. All of them from the same enemy. The government has failed us. You can't deny that. Anytime you live in the 20th century and you're walking around here singing "We Shall Overcome," the government has failed. This is part of what's wrong with you. You do too much singing. Today it's time to stop singing and start swinging. And I'm, I'm here to tell you, in case you don't know, that you got a new, you got a new generation of black people in this country who don't care anything whatsoever about us. They don't want to hear you old Uncle Tom handkerchief head, talking about this is a new generation. If they're going to draft these young black men and send them over to Korea or South Vietnam to face 800 million Chinese, if you're not afraid of those odds, you shouldn't be afraid of these odds. And when I speak, I don't speak as a Democrat or a Republican nor an American. I speak as a victim of America's so-called democracy, you and I have never seen democracy, and the generation that's coming up now can see it and are not afraid to say it. If you, if you go to jail, so what? If you're black, you were born in jail, in the north as well as the south. Stop talking about the south. Long as you south of the, long as you're south of the Canadian border, you're south. This is why I say it's the ballot or the bullet. It's liberty or death. It's freedom for everybody or freedom for nobody. America today finds herself in a unique situation. Historically, revolutions are bloody. Oh, yes, they are. They have never had a bloodless revolution or a nonviolent revolution. That don't happen even in Hollywood. Revolutions overturn systems. Revolutions destroy systems. A revolution is bloody. But America is in a unique position. She's the only country in history in a position actually to become involved in a bloodless revolution. All she's got to do is give the black man in this country everything he's doing. It'll be the, the ballot, or it'll be the vote. It'll be liberty, or it'll be death. And if you're not ready to pay that price, don't use the word freedom in your vocabulary.
2: Until the philosophy which old one race superior and another Inferior is finally and permanently discredited And abundant everywhere is war war That until they are no longer First class and second class citizens of any nation Until the color of a man's skin is of no more significance than the color of his eyes Miss war That until without regard to race and it it's a war that until that day the dream of lasting peace world citizenship rule of international morality will remain in but a fleeting illusion to be pursued never attained, now everywhere is war, war, and until the ignoble and unhappy regime that hold our brothers in Angola, in Mozambique, South Africa, sub human It is destroyed well everywhere.
0: this show.